We are now recording. This is Out Now with Aaron and Abe. I am Aaron and Abe. Is, he's not here. He, this, this, is, this is a scary movie. He doesn't like scary movies too much. But we are, we are doing this show. We discuss uh, movies weekly. However, every now and then we have, to have these special bonus episodes, whether it's one of our fun commentary tracks or something completely different. And this is one of our fun commentary tracks. This is uh, March 2021 and our latest commentary in, the, in our Hannibal Lecter saga. We've been talking Hannibal Lecter films. Uh, for the first few months of this year, tracking his his progress, I suppose. And we are now on the third entry, Hannibal, 2001's Hannibal, directed by Ridley Scott. This is going to be something. When joining, <laughs> me, joining me to discuss Hannibal, we have host of the Brandon Peters show going bowels out. It's Brandon Peters. I hang with Hannibal Lecter, so feel me when I bring it. Also joining us from the Milky Way Blues, always happy to try new things. It's Yancey Burns. Hey guys, once again, missing the cue for something clever, but here I am. Lastly, joining us from Forbes, his brain feels no pain, if that concerns you, it's Scott Mendelson. The lead role in Hannibal, a date with me. Two things Jodie Foster turned down. (laughs) (laughs) How are you guys doing this evening? I'm looking forward to talking about this one, honestly, so... Cautiously good. I'm cautiously good. I have. Notes. I had this circle that's like very interested, <laughs> very interested to revisit the movie, very interested to talk about the movie. Well, like, more so the next time. Like we we've so, been happy we've been happy to shower the first two of praise. So now we have like this three in a row period of where things are going to get a little trickier. I think as far as how we address our thoughts on these things for some of us. <laughs> but 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 I but I, I know there, there's a lot of opinions on these next three uh, Hannibal movies. It's uh, I am I am excited to make to, this interesting. I am or dead to... silence during Hannibal Rising and not the movie. <laughs> the just the sound of silence. I like to think it's a gradual. I like to think much like uh, much like CBS Plus, we're going to climb up Paramount Mountain and just rise into greater and greater territory as we ascend. <laughs> but um... and in June when we do the pilot to Clarice, I wonder if it steps back up a little, <laughs> just a hair. I will say that the next two episodes were better than the pilot. Okay, what that's worth. It's climbing to that sea. All right, we uh, yeah, yeah, the equalizer is still better. Oh. <laughs> So we're recording. Aaron, I forgot to remind you to watch it on Sunday. We right, were, anyway. we're recording not too long after our Silence of the Lambs commentary, just because we all had Hannibal. We were also jazz about Silence. We're like, let's get this Hannibal one done. We're doing it. So we're we're pretty yeah. fresh. February is a short this. month, too. Yeah, it really honest. just kind of like, came and went. <laughs> so we're just ready to go. Kind of around the same time, but not equating for the lack of days. Yeah, but to run through the details real quick, if you don't know what we're doing, we're going to do a commentary track, which means we're all going to play the movie at the same time and talk over it while it's on mute. So if you plan to watch Hannibal and listen to us at the same time, we currently have it paused, at least on my Blu-ray, it's 5, 15 seconds, but it's where the MGM line is mid-roar. So that's where For we you 4K have- Ultra HD listeners, three seconds. So that's where we all have it paused currently, mid-roar on the MGM line. So if you plan to listen, we're going to count three, two, one, go and press play all having it synced up at the same time if you're just listening to listen you're good to go you just you know set set your mind to fun and um you'll be on your way to hear all we have to say about hannibal which has 11 chapters apparently for a quite long movie anyway um you guys ready Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. yep all right three two one go all right all right so i had a thought just before we recorded this like 20 minutes ago is Hannibal Lecter, do you, could you equate him film franchise-wise like the Terminator? Two good ones. Yes. First two, ones. and then just we keep using them. 
but in a shorter period of time. I think very much so. I mean, if you want me to get a, annoying about this, you, it's the same situation where you have the second film in the franchise that just goes bonkers bananas in terms of critical and commercial acclaim. And then, you know, a decade later, you have a direct sequel to that that capitalizes on the goodwill of that first film. Without, without, being, without being expected to do better than that previous one. It's just yes. Like, Which is itself a success. Mm-hmm which then sort of tricks, you know, the powers that be into thinking that the, the world of Hannibal Lecter is a franchise unto itself, when in actuality, it was just, you know, to a certain extent, it was people want to see Anthony Hopkins as Hannibal Lecter, movie star plus marquee character equals money. And to a certain extent, it was also, you know, Jodie Foster as Clarice Starlin. And while they got away with it once without her, um, you know, once you take that away, all you're left with was, you know, Hannibal Lecter, uh, uh, excuse me, um, Anthony Hopkins' Hannibal Lecter, which again, you know, it's, it's, it's not a franchise. It's that people really like the specific movie. You know, not every hit film is a, is a everlasting brand. And after this one, which, you know, I would argue was very much, we loved, we saw it because we liked that one Sansa Lambs picture. Everything else has been severely diminishing returns commercially. You know, uh, uh, Red Dragon barely crossed 200 million on a $90 million budget. Real, real, uh, real Animal quick. Rising bombed. Real quick, as we're going through this opening scene, yeah, yeah. I just like to point out that it's amazing Mitch McConnell decided to act for one movie and one movie. He's really good in this. Yeah, I mean, like, <laughs> the dedication he has to, to, like, putting his constituents on the side and being like, I need to act in the Hannibal movie. I just found fascinating. But uh, anyway, carry on, Scott. <laughs> well, Hannibal uh, Rising also, no, no Anthony Hopkins, so... Well, yeah, and, you know, we all... We love the Hannibal TV show, but generally speaking, nobody watched it because, again, it's not a brand. It's not, you know, and and the Clarice show so far is doing okay by, you know, 2021 TV standards. But again, it's not doing as well as The Equalizer, which is, you know, the same network because that you have a movie star. Yeah, you have Queen Latifah, who is a star, her key character. You know, and, and frankly, a, a more you know crowd pleasing, easygoing, you know, package. Um, but again, you know, without knowing what eventually happens to Clarice after, you know, what the first nine episodes or whatever they ordered for, you know, it may be an example of again, you know, that this that that Silence of the Lambs was a hit, just like because Terminator Two Judgment Day was a hit, does not mean that in the abstract that the novels of Thomas Harris are a bankable IP. Good for Frankie Faison for being like fourth build in this movie, by the way. Yeah. Like that's that's impressive for him. Well, they, having... they up the character <laughs> book wise, too, which I'm going to have coming into this. Like, I didn't like this film back when it came out or whatever. And but after having listened to the book, um, it's the, the source material. That's it's square one. That's why that's the film's biggest problem is the source material was lacking and then they fought against what the source material was itself but i just think it the book leads it to it doesn't help i'll, I, say. I'll get well I want to let Yancy talk. I want to let Yancy talk in a second because he's he he is among us who is more in favor of this film than we are. That said, just to give some quick impressions, 
uh, and we'll get eventually to like when we all saw this as we usually do or what have you but uh, like watching this recently for the first time in a while the big the big thought that i had now is where i'd still feel my fight feels quite flawed i don't hate it by any means there's too much mm, good in no. it uh, right. but i do think there's a separation between watching something like this at home versus watching it in the theater because i or at least like having a certain kind of atmosphere because i feel like as much as this is a ridley scott movie especially like this opening stuff i think there's a lot more there that would work if you had an audience around you to react at the same time as you are with some of these oh things. sure sure i yeah. think that would make a key and i think that led to i think that's a big factor in why the box office is so strong for this movie i think it plays well to a crowd uh i don't think you can really repl- replicate that at home beyond just being into the stuff that they're presenting on you but i do think there's a certain kind of atmosphere that honestly i missed out on because i didn't get to see this in theaters and I'm not going to say my experience is tainted with this because it's a movie. I know to judge a movie regardless of who's around me, but I do think there's a there's an extra element there that I think you benefit from were you to watch it a certain way. That on, on its head is just like ah, there's still issues here, but I think there's an entertaining experience to be had. With that, I'll give, it, I'll give you this: it's unpredictable, and that that kind of would help. That like it's not go it doesn't go. You've seen the first two, read the first. It, does not go in any sort of way you would expect from the previous couple novels. Yancey, what do you have to say about Hannibal as far as your kind of general thoughts on the film? Well, you know, um, I, of course, read Red Dragon and Silence of the Lambs as a kid, and and, and they were phenomenal books. And, and the first two films there, Manhunter and Silence of the Lambs, are both A-plus movies. They're A-plus sort of horror thrillers. There's no denying that. Um. And this, you know, the book, I bought it, I think, at the supermarket, and I read it the day it came out, and it was done, you know, and I was sort of mildly disappointed with the book. I didn't think it was a disaster like so many did, but I thought it was sort of felt like what it was, which was a, a, probably a book that Thomas Harris didn't really want to write, but it right. was so financially, you know. But the thing is, so, you know, I, I, at the time I had the same impression you guys did. I saw on a date, I'm sure on opening night, and it just kind of felt overblown. And the marketing was really a, a hustle and, and just sort of kind of smug about just giving us Anthony Hopkins. And he, Hopkins is overweight here. But because it's, it's because of Thomas Harris and because of, of being a big Ridley Scott fan, and also really in a lot of ways, because at the time of the book Hannibal after it came out I read Stephen King's review in either the New York Times or the LA Times and he called Hannibal uh, the best uh, English language horror novel since The Exorcist I think Uh, which of course is completely divergent from what everybody thinks and of course I don't think it's as great as he does either but Stephen King is not someone whose opinion I I, I toss aside lightly a lot of people say who cares what Stephen King thought but to me it's like eh he obviously saw something there that, that, that I was curious about. So I sort of reinvestigated the movie o- over the years. And at some point I came to the conclusion that it was really effective, that it's basically to me a sort of a B plus instead of the A plus we wanted. But what it's not is a cheap sellout, neither the novel nor the movie they made. I think what people wanted, disappointingly probably, would have been just more Hannibal and Clarice team up for and solve another crime and catch another baddie. And that would have right. been more successful and might have kept this franchise pumping along. And I, of course, agree that it, it, this was not a major success with people that sort of failed. I mean, it was a success enough as far as they hand. did make more I mean, and it made money. It was commercially huge hit. It sent up the smell of the carcass and stopped right. and pulled up really quickly. But 
I think that this is an intellectually honest sequel. You want more of that story. He's not going to give you another replay of it. He's going to he's going to write about the things that are only implied in that second book. And in that sense, I think he really does go for it, Harris, and, and also Ridley Scott in, in, in his softened adaptation. You know, it's not about all men and all women. It's about Hannibal. Chiefly, it's about Hannibal. It's called Hannibal. And now we realize those first three books, he's the, he's the central character because Will Graham is in the first one, Clarice is in the second one. And, and in this one, you know, this one is, 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 is his, 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 his furtherance of what was implied in, in Silence of the Lambs. And I think that, that it, it's, it's not necessarily what people wanted and there's a certain unpleasantness to it, but it's also kind of gothic and horrifying and honest in a way. And where it goes, especially the novel, but also the movie, it goes into an area that I think is 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 honest. And I think more than anything else, you know, we uh, we talk in sort of movie guy circles and 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 cult fandom circles. We you know we. We give a lot of horror movies a break. I think we, we 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 talk up movies that have like one memorable scene in them, and yet this movie, because it was so overmarketed, which is really a high class and intelligent horror picture that is flawed certainly in a lot of ways, but really I think delivers in terms of being gory and sort of startling and smart and and big. It, it, even twenty years later, I, I'm still in a room of three guys who don't really like it, and I'm a little perplexed. I get it, but to me, it's it's. Well, I, I mean, I think the stuff you're talking about is the stuff that's good. The problem is mm-hmm. there's another like 40 minutes of this Clarice stuff, which I think is bad. I mean, that's that's my issue with this movie. Well, from the book, <laughs> from the book saying, is. Again, it's not about. It's not about. I mean, you can't say what it's not about when it's 40 minutes coming. of the movie. See, I mean, like I, I hear you. Opening hour, yeah, but you can see where he's coming from. He wants to alienate Clarice not- from the FBI, so she has nowhere to go. But but Hannibal, and that forces this ending. That is, it, God, if it came out today, that book would be so attacked. But again, it's not about the se- the, 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 the 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 separate sex. It's about Clarice and Hannibal. And honestly, I, I think part of the problem is he's not interested in Clarice after Science of the Lambs. I, I think, think he's he done with her, and he's. And her story here is like the same, but bigger. It's like, oh, all the men are still against her, which no, when she but graduates in silence, yes, but they cinematically, like we're going through it's this. It's doing again. that sequel thing where it has to reset the status quo on you, where it's yeah. like, yes. Starling's established herself. It's not, it's pushing, it's pushing Clarice into a, a very risky area where we're now testing the waters of whether or not there was something there between them, whether or not Hannibal will kill them. If, they, if you're, if you're, you're talking about your head, you're talking about the Hannibal stuff, which again, I do think there's stuff there, but that's not the pro That's not all of the stuff that involves Clarice's character. Yeah. That's why I'd say B plus, but I still think right. the consensus feels like D and I'm like, good Lord, people still talk about like, I mean, I whatever no. we're on our, we're on the four person yeah, commentary. I don't care about well, consensus as far as we go. Well, I feel like the three of us that aren't as big on this movie, probably more, probably more in a CC plus range. I mean, that's where we, yes. I would say, I, I think that that's rough considering the break we give a lot of other horror pictures. I think this deserves a little more credit for being a full-blooded sort of gothic Well, I, I, I would say the bar is higher because of the amount of talent involved and therefore not reaching, a, re, not clearing that bar. Later, you gotta I'm not going to give it the slack. you got to say it's not, it's not Jodie Foster. And frankly, this story, would you really want to see Jodie Foster end up, you know? I, I mean, I don't care yeah. if, it, if it, you know, 
the, yeah. the fact is this is the movie i got and so i'm judging that movie like yeah there is a but what if judging it against the earlier ones and it, 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 at this well, point I earlier i mean that's a fact i mean everything's a factor like i mean i judged how my day went versus how i watched the movie like that's you know uh, i'm still judging the movie itself and yeah i have issues with the clary stuff this stuff here yeah. where you're gonna get I, a lot of things that feel I, like the same dumb stuff that happens in aliens as far as <laughs> well this all happened but we don't believe you therefore you're dumb like I, I, it's frustrating to watch this stuff, frankly. Right. I, I think though that Harris through this novel, which is big, it's a it's a long novel. There's like over a hundred chapters. But I think one thing he does stumble upon is he's got two good follow ups that would make a movie a piece for Hannibal Lecter. Which I think the Italy stuff's great. I think uh-huh. that that police captain or whatever that fall like fallen guy, he's your main character for whatever the follow up to Science of the Lambs is. And you've told the story of Will Graham, who's sort of a messed up person, Clarice, who's the good person. And now you've got the dark, twisted, bad kind of person who would have some sort of relationship in Italy with Lecter, whether he's tracking him, whether he knows it's him. And I think that stuff's really fascinating. And that's Mm -hmm. where I think the third story should have been. I bet maybe that's where Harris wanted to be, but he's he's forced to throw Clarice in this. We have to know whether Clarice would arrest him or not if she found him. We have to see that happen. There's That's, a fourth story for you. Yeah, but the return the of Clarice. Story, I think it's Mason, a bisected story. It's like in I think, two pieces, but that doesn't really. Well, at the I, end of the day, you expand both. I think the Mason Verger stuff's good too, and I think that would make a great fourth book where you end the third book of him getting captured. And so, your first book, you have him. You find out he can communicate with the outside world from the cell. You have the second one where he is able to release himself into the world. You have him in the world, and then you have him in captivity, having to face one of his original. Victims well, look, that survived again, that's and I think that's is, a good narrative for Hannibal. I agree, but the, look, you guys know me by now. I was not. I, I'm a very much a purist when it comes to these things and the creators. I wasn't a fan mm-hmm. of the, the Brian Fuller show. I thought it felt way too far afield of what these were about, and I feel like the Thomas Harris books, which are definitely a few notches above Summer Reed, he's he's a pretty great writer who happens to write these thriller things. Mm-hmm. You know, I think he was drawn to this provocation of what would happen if now Hannibal and Clarice were alone in a room together. But he didn't want to. He was forced to write this book and he kind of F.U.'d it, too. Like that's, what, that, that, that's one narrative people always say when we know someone is forced. But I think I think he delivered something that is pretty effective in terms of returning these two right. characters. Well, I think well, I mean, part of what I missed. I forgot. I'm sorry. I forgot that this I, one is his attention to detail of forensic crimes like he's really good at that and i love that in the first two books it's not here and he's trying stuff he has like good he's challenging himself maybe but it's not just not as strong mystery, that's for sure yeah i forgot that mason verger has his own freeway exit sign on yes <laughs> and i would say um, ray liotta is great in this ray liotta is good like, in here he's, like as oh, much as so i'm not good. big oh, on good. this, this whole but i'm not big on this stuff the ray liotta he, he does the job as far as the the exact kind of character he's going to play we're going to talk a lot about ray liotta towards the end of this commentary track by the way right. it's not pleasant but but don't, i still think that there's something to be said for in the end the world is going to be shittier to clarice than hannibal would and that's yeah. what's going on here and that's what that's what that's what we're trying to set up but we're also obviously setting up at the same time this parallel storyline in Italy, which is undeniably more compelling because you've never really seen anything like that where you're probably, I I know who Hannibal is, this guy doesn't, but maybe he does. And that's so compelling that, that, again, well, I think the troubled the- character is more interesting too. This guy that you know used to, you know, he had oh, he's been corrupt. He's so great. Giancarlo Giannini is so great. Yeah. 
in, in, in that in that role. I'm surprised that even just that hour isn't like people talk about that because they don't. And that even just that because hour it's, alone, because it's not a buzzy thing, thing to talk about. It's not you know there's you know there's like oh that that atmosphere and the mood and these settings you don't normally see in films is it like that's not a right. you're gonna talk about fucking brains the being cell. eaten. People are still talking stuff. about the cell. Yeah, I will say so. Cell is so an awful move. I'm someone who absolutely loves the Brian Fuller show, uh, but I will say one thing that I think can be taken from that that more while we're in this heavy franchise stuff that show embraced everything like it embraced hannibal which you know unfairly it's his reputation i'm fairly liked right hannibal rising not a popular thing but they instead of ignoring that stuff they embraced it and i think more franchises should not sit in star wars ignore stuff that maybe jj um happened like the prequels star wars figured it out yeah, but I mean, a lot of franchises want to ignore their lesser entries or something, just act like they didn't happen. But when you yeah. embrace something like that and do something, it it, it improves them. But that's what I, that's sort of what I'm saying is that the, yeah. for me, this is you have a flawed third Thomas Harris Hannibal story, or you have a pie in the sky. Someone else does an even better, great original, and like to me, the flawed version from the actual guy whose mind this comes from mm-hmm. is more valuable, especially since on some level, I have to assume Harris sees himself in Hannibal, at least in terms of being a super intelligent dude. And I mean, it, it, again, it's not, it's not, it, it's not, it doesn't sit well in a lot of ways, but I, I think it makes sense to write a book where Hannibal wins, which is what he did. He, you know, he had Hannibal and Clarice go up against each other. And in, in the name of helping her, as I recall, he still wins, right? He, brainwashes her and and takes her off and, and he's her he's his he's her girlfriend well the win feels yes. like the win in the book feels like a dare it's like yeah there's, yeah there's a way for me to settle this but also what if i went this direction just to get audience to go whoa okay and it was rejected generally the, the film rejected, but it would never not be rejected to have clarice get lose and unfortunately i think that 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 was just never going to work but i think that that's that's what but i appreciate it as 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 Harris is not going to be swayed by what any anyone else I think wants thinks if he has to do this he's not going to if you want to talk about like the integrity of the people involved holding up despite the things that could have said against them sure I mean that's like you tease the idea of a of a romance between them in Silence of the Lambs and if you get them in a room together are they going to have sex or are they going to kill each other I mean that's a big tease and if you do a sequel you have to deal with that and I think they did. And I think the idea that, that she would not win to a lesser degree in this is just itself hard for a lot of people to swallow, but it's a horror story. It's the, not a... The questions that this material asks, I, I think we all agree are interesting. I, I think we're all... I mean, we're on a different side like, of the same coin in a lot of this here, but I mean, it's know, not... I'll watch not this a, movie again after that. Like, I give, I give this movie a chance. Like, I go in wanting to like it more every time and i do there are strong it has strengths like it's not with that it's just somehow the whole unit it it, you know it's a little wonky this stuff right here getting the backstory on virgil like it's amazing that again mcconnell just went for it like Mm -hmm. He could, he put on a, he, was so young and handsome. Back uh, yeah, like, yeah. He, like the makeup design on both the flashback and the, the current version of Eisenberger is very impressive. I don't like this. He, he, there was this weird, this weird effect we're seeing here in this flashback stuff. You were seeing a lot of this, I think maybe in Gladiator. Too. No, there is. And this is another oh, thing. Yeah. Yancey, like story wise, there are flaws and I have my issues. 
but it's not just that which is why i mark this film lower like i appreciate the effort scott has put really scott is putting into this but it does feel a lot like like tony scott doing the fan it's like here's a project where i can just fuck around a lot and i can just yeah you know, it's gonna make you money see no some matter stuff what. that winds up in black hawk down technical wise too yeah, there, he's <laughs> well he's using he's using his same crew people here that he right. had on gladiator it's a lot of the same folks and, and you show like you can see that and it's I, I like that he wants to play with his aesthetic, but it just, I don't think it works here very much. Like, I, I, I like that. It doesn't work in this scene, for sure. This it scene. doesn't work in this scene. I even, like, there's other, it just, it feels too jarring when you start the movie off with, like, a, you know, that big action sequence. Like, yeah, that's Tony Scott. Well, you know, or the Ridley Scott. And then, and then you have stuff like this, and then you get to the, the, the Grand, Grand Yule stuff. Like, it just feels like there's a lot of different ideas here mm. because Ridley Scott knew he could, yeah. he, he knew he could play with that and the movie would still be successful. And I feel I'm like, glad I feel you said grand, I, I, how do we, is it Grand Guignol? How do you pronounce that? Grand Guignol? Grand Guignol? Grand, grand. I, I always do Grand Guignol. I don't know. Anyway, Google is like, your Guignol? best friend with these you know, things. That so later. You there are movies uh, that it's one great Grand Guignol scene, like Brand New in the Society that are classics. Yeah. For some reason, this movie has one great scene, which is at the end. And I can't believe even that is it ever. That was iconic. I mean, this movie was iconic for like a five year period. It was getting parodied. People knew what you're talking about. It got mentioned. Like it was this big deal. Um, Just like I think scary. One of the scary movies even parodied. Yeah. uh, That ending. Yeah. The film also came out in early 2011. Excuse me. 2001, which is right before what I would argue was a start of the modern four quadrant globally successful action fantasy blockbuster era. So within a few, you know, few months after this comes out, we're all talking about a new kind of blockbuster. Shrek, The Mummy Returns, Rush Hour 2, Planet of the Apes, Harry Potter, Lord of the Rings, The Fellowship of the Ring. So this almost, was sort of... It felt like it had almost, missed its moment for sure. Yeah. But having said that, in terms of just general audiences, again, and we get into this a lot, we talk of, you know, comic book or, you know, franchise sequels that maybe we're not that big on but you know the average audience doesn't think that spider-man 3 is the worst movie ever made you know they think star trek in the darkness was fine yeah maybe they liked it maybe they didn't they saw it once or twice probably never gave it another thought it didn't but ruin it their lives yeah and frankly i mean my misgivings i think most people that saw the rise of skywalker saw it once or twice in theaters uh, whatever and went on with their lives and i think you know this movie First of all, I mean, it opened with $58 million, which at the time was the third biggest opening weekend ever for any movie. Um, it held so, a you long, know, it, long time R rating, um, R rated yes, horror and yeah. R rating. How long did yeah. it all of that? I think until, uh, well, The Matrix Reloaded in 2003. Yeah. But for um, a horror movie, it, it lasted until it, it, yes. didn't it? Yeah. Yes, it's it tra- still one it of the trounced all over. It trounced all over Scream Three from the previous year. It's like we'll we'll show you yes. how it's done. Edible like this. I think the reviews were mixed. Um, there was a lot of post-release chatter, as is normal these days. But again, I think the average ticket consumer thought that was fun. It's a big splashy, you know, studio picture with people I know and. It has some surprises. It's not totally a rip remake of the first of Sons and Lambs. The ending's really goofy, and I kind of got into it, and they went on with their lives. Um, for me, my issue with the movie was always, I don't think the novel is especially good, but I do think it was doing something very specific, which was almost spoofing itself 
as a reaction to Thomas Harris's displeasure over people that watched Silence of the Lambs and took Hannibal Lecter as this romantic anti-hero. And frankly, as somebody that took the serial killer genre and, you know, the world of nonfiction world of serial killers very seriously, I think he was a little pissed at that. And, you know, it obviously gets goofier and goofier as the book goes on. But, you know, I think to a certain extent that the the book's third act was sort of a, you know, an extended middle finger to the shippers. You know, it's sort of an end of its time concept where you have these fans that not only think, eh, it'd be kind of cool if Clarice and, you know, uh, Lecter, you know, bumped uglies, but they, they that's to them the most important thing in the franchise. And it's not good enough unless that happens. Mm. Now, that's, you know, obviously a very specific kind of fandom that's a lot more prominent in the Internet age. Um, and but the movie I think tries to have it both ways. I think it's certainly aware of the satirical elements of the book and the, the, you know, the somewhat macabre elements of the book that it's certainly not as serious and grounded a, a, a story as Manhunter, or excuse me, Red Dragon and Sons of Lambs, but they're trying to make a film that takes itself a bit more seriously than I think the book did. And because they were aware of the backlash to the novel, whether they, you know, the readers or media got the joke or not, they try to have it both ways where this, this frankly, dumb compromise where the stuff in the book still happens, but Clarice still remains a quote-unquote strong and empowered female lead in a way that I felt was very patronizing. You know, either do it or don't, but, you know, don't try to have your cake and eat it too. Mm-hmm. Um, having said that, it was fun to watch the finale with a packed audience. I saw this on opening night. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I saw it a few days later with another friend who hadn't seen it. She quite enjoyed it. Um, and that's great. And again, you know, the, the, the film's climax certainly went over very well, especially with people that, you know, A, hadn't read the book and didn't come up, keep up with the discourse and didn't know it was coming. We'll get, um, we'll get more to that because there's there's I think that's yeah. that's a credit to what Ridley Scott is very good at because there's a way to make that scene purely about grossing you out and there's a way to like I don't know yeah. be the Christian Bale not knowing how to do a magic trick version I think he finds the balance right that's a prestige <laughs> joke. I think I think Scott has has the exact balance necessary as far as how to make that scene play where it's compelling and also kind of gross and like just other you know otherworldly to an extent as far as things you're seeing on screen. But again, we have a lot to talk about when we get there later. Right now we have Barney. I, I have a question. If, and it's maybe what more what Scott would think, uh, but if we were to get uh, a movie, another like Anthony Hopkins plays Hannibal Lecter again, does that get people up and out to the box uh, office? One last time. Well, I mean, if we're talking pre-COVID, because I have no idea what the hell it's going to look like. Sure, it's, right. Yeah, pretend that's not um, a factor. Pretend that's not a factor. Pretend that um, never happened. Okay, yeah, yeah. I think that would be commercially viable, but I think in order for it to be gangbusters, you need to bring Jodie Foster back. So if because you brought... as we learned with... I was going to do a tier. I was going to do, okay, Julianne Moore sorry, sorry. or uh, Jodie uh, Foster. Julianne Moore is worthless, all due respect, in, in that sense, in this role. Right. So she uh, uh, obviously is a wonderful actress, yada, yada, yada. She's as good in this film as she can be. Obviously, the screenplay isn't exactly nice to her. I can certainly see why Jodie Foster said, 
no thank you, I don't need the money. Um, but I do think, yes, I do think a legacy sequel that's a more direct sequel to Sansa Lambs and Hannibal, which reunites Anthony Hopkins and Jodie Foster, would be very commercially viable. With a cameo by Ed Norton. <laughs> or Will Peterson. Oh, that'd because be cool. I've, I've always felt that, yes, the, the lure of this franchise is how damn good Sounds of the Lambs was. You could, you could make this work. You could do like an August old people release and have like Meryl Streep as the new FDI director. Like they could, they could crush that one. <laughs> Jacqueline Crawford. Yeah. <laughs> the, 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 the wife Which of the he's late removed. He's, he's in this book mm-hmm. and he's removed. Yeah. Well, and... no, he, I think he died of a heart attack in the book. Oh, does he no, die? No, no, right. no, he, no, no he's, in, he's in the book. Right. His wife Look, is in, in silence. She dies, and then he has a heart attack in this. They also remove Mason Berger's sister from the yeah. book, who's one of the most interesting characters. Which is a much larger, I mean, it gives a lot more dimension to Mason Verger beyond just... Bodybuilder. Right. Sister, yeah. Yeah. She's a bodybuilder, and she kills him. And... Right. In yes. a very creative way. Yeah. It's about as creative as how Jamie Foxx gets his powers in Amazing Spider-Man 2. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, meanwhile in Italy... Oh. Uh, yes, now we're at the, this is where the movie like really starts. Like, yeah, because we're thirty minutes in, we haven't seen yeah. Hannibal yet. <laughs> well, Which, not the Hannibal, like, them, it's been thirty minutes in, you haven't seen Hannibal. Yeah. Wait, wait, um, he's the most, better or worse. Yeah, this guy I forget his name, but he's the most interesting to me in this whole time. Like this, Gian- is, this is your, yeah, this is your guy. This is the movie. Well, he's he's arguably the only one that has an arc of any gen- yeah. in any real. Yeah, sense. it just it just ends pretty quickly. Yeah. <laughs> no. Yeah. Uh, but no, Whatever it's, my it's, issues with the film, I think this whole second act is terrific. Yeah, yeah. The, all of the Italy stuff is great. We can all agree on that. Yeah. It does the job, it, and it and it present you know it presents like Brandon you were saying it presents another story involving you know a, a, a smart officer and Hannibal Lecter, and it gives you it brings a new direction job. to it. What? I think, I think saying it does the job undersells how good this this. We, I just I use the word great also. Pick one word I used. <laughs> <laughs> Does the job is kind of what the first act does. I also opinion. said great, so pick all my sentence words, not just one of them. Yeah. <laughs> Ending, you know, I'm I mean, this is some of Scott's better that. filmmaking too. Is in this this area yeah, because yeah. I think great. he was excited, Italy, but because I think he because he was excited to be here because a right. lot of the places he's using don't get filmed very often, so, and I think he was really embracing that. I think that was you know where he, you know shooting a shootout in a fish market. That's you know that's day one for yeah. Scott. Like he's done that. That's plenty. Like, like you dude. could develop a, a friendship here of him and Doctor Fell, and he doesn't know Doctor Fell's Doctor Lecter, and then somewhere along the line, you bring in Verger to introduce for like whatever the next thing would be, and he's convincing him he's this guy, and he has to figure it out, and should he turn on him to capture him? But like there, there's something there, like with this relationship, I think that Nancy, you're not wrong. They are playing like hide the gut with the way they shoot Hannibal in a lot of these scenes. <laughs> oh, yeah. I thought that's what you said. I wasn't sure. <laughs> I mean, it works chronologically because in this one, he's been out again. And in Red Dragon, he's been free. So he's yeah. heavier. In Silence of the Lambs, he's smelt because he's been in prison, no eating people. Like how many murders has it have just gone unsolved, man? Or people missing? He's having much of a murder spree while he's doing this stuff. Yeah, uh, there's got to be some. Former, uh, he killed the guy that used to have his job. There's another, isn't there another murder running? Isn't the Il Mostro or somebody character in the book? Like, isn't that what the investigation is well, really about? Yes, yeah. yes. The implication is he killed his predecessor at the museum. Yeah, that's how he has yeah. this job. Yes. I mean, I'm just trying to. I'm trying to establish of like. As far as I know from here, it's Doctor Chilton and 
and this the guy he killed to be having this job do you think like he got up to more stuff is there a lost book somewhere uh, <laughs> uh i don't know uh, i think you know, if I had to, you know, if I was Hannibal Lecter, I assume that most of the people he killed would be, you know, people that society wouldn't miss. I mean, it's nine years uh, in the storyline, right? Between yeah, it's a while, right? So, yeah, 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 you could, you could get fanfic your heart out. <laughs> I'm sure there and is. And eat it. Let's, uh, you know, uh, he's always presented as this character who is, except for his cannibalism, a completely, you know, a sort yeah. of upper class sort of refined taste i mean this is a dream for him working in this library as oh, much yeah as- i hear you I, it's 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 less about like his manners it's more it's more about feasibly it's been nine years he has a way of doing this thing do you think he's indulged in that thing for like for in a number of cases i think scott you're probably right as far as if he has to and it's two people that won't be missed yeah that makes sense i get that well, well that's like what i think so great about i mean like i love the tv show with mads mickelson's the way they present him like is totally viable and he's a you know gourmet a chef or whatever you know he's into cooking and stuff or you're, he's into the culinary arts yes yeah, the culinary arts but he's you know that's what that's it's still that show is what it wanted to be is is what you know this ideal again of every week Hannibal helps us solve a mystery. I mean, just don't it does get away from that though. The first season, does. the first season, away from that pretty quickly. He's yeah. A lot scarier than that, you know. I think he's you know he's. Um, Again, you're I mean, descri- you're describing a version of the show that's early on is like, yeah, we don't need to keep doing it this way, and it becomes more. Yeah. Of a I only watched the first two seasons, I think, but I just felt two. The second season is not that at all. The second yeah. season is all about one ups. That guy, the twitchiest, that Will Graham is the twitchiest performance. I could not bear it. <laughs> Claire Danes' husband or whatever. I could not bear him anymore. That was the reason I had to stop watching. You so should watch fun. him on the final season of Homeland. You'll love him. I He's stopped in, watching Homeland as well, and I love that show too. But I didn't know the final season of Homeland. Yeah. Oh yeah, he is. I know, I'm like, I've never finished the last two seasons. I go uh, almost anywhere for he, Claire Danes, but but no, not him. Yeah. Anyway, not let's, with, let's, not let's, with, not let's, with uh, the other Will Graham in my head. You know, let's, no way. Let's back up. Let's back up a bit. We talked about Foster obviously not being here. Mm-hmm. Uh, they had a number of options. Uh, they have Kate Blanchett, Angelina Jolie, Gillian Anderson, Hillary Swank, which actually I see quite fitting <laughs> this kind of role. Yeah, uh, yeah. At, yeah. At, which she did actually right a couple times at this point. She did what like, the the Reaping and the Suspect Zero and Insomnia. And insomnia yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, Ashley Judd and Helen Hunt. Those are all the considered options. Judd would be, yeah, at this time would be probably like their top. Like yeah. if we can get her, uh, maybe we'll maybe we'll rope in Tommy Lee Jones or Morgan Freeman too as a bonus. <laughs> and Paramount will release it just because. Yes, <laughs> I, I think uh, Julianne Moore's your pick. Uh, I think she's. I mean, solid pick. She doesn't remind me solid of Jodie Foster ever, but. She can do her own things. She's one of my favorite actresses of all time. So she had just worked with uh, Hopkins on on something. So he, he, rec- yeah. he recommended her. That, that was his pick. You still he have to go to tryouts, Julianne. About, it's about as ideal a replacement as you could get for an unreplaceable. Okay. Let's just get a good actor to the put Pica- in here. The Picasso movie. Much... Surviving Picasso. That was the one. That Anthony Hopkins. Okay. Do you learn uh, more than that? I guess. Because Anthony Hopkins said I, like, I worked with her. and I, was, oh, no. I imagine because that's like 95 or something, right? That's a, really a probably small role. It. If you look at Hopkins in this versus Hopkins in Red Dragon, somewhere in between there, he really gave in to pure hand. He's not just glaring like he is in Red Dragon at everybody. Well, I mean, his function is different here. He has to be. He's the- working with Ridley Scott as opposed to like Brett Ratner next time. But in so. general, Hopkins sort of, I hate to say, I, I mean, I don't know. I feel like he's sort of 
he stopped trying quite. It's sort of Robert De Niro kind of a thing where he stopped pushing himself after Silence of the Lambs, really. After Silence of the Lambs and those and those Merchant Ivory movies that were near it, he stopped breaking a sweat quite as often. Well, I we think. got to enjoy like success and stardom. You said, yeah, you, he even said, I'm quitting the Merchant Ivory movies. I'm going to be an action star now. And the first thing he announced was that bookworm, which eventually became The Edge. And he was like, I'm not going to do these lofty movies. I'm going to be an action guy. I mean, which I thought was cool. All right. Well, <laughs> and I, something I've always felt about Anthony Hopkins is he's a prestigious, respected actor, which I think is more comfortable in Pulp Fiction. Yeah. Um, I don't think he's not he trying here. I think that, I mean, no, I, I don't either. Um, I don't think personally he's as, you, you know, by default, I don't think he's anywhere near as menacing when he's, you know, a slasher baddie on the loose, but that's just the dynamic. I, don't also like, I mean, would you characterize him as beyond him having an iconic role that's had Hannibal Lecter? Like, look at the rest of his career. Like, would you think that the, like this is a guy that if you if separated from fame, would you pinpoint this specific thing as the thing he's known for doing? I mean, he's, he has a, a lot of variety as far as the kinds of roles he's played. Are you asking me? I'm, I'm asking in general. Oh, I think he's very, you know, yes, he has, he is a jack of all trades. Um, but I do think when I think of the performances, when I enjoy him best, and I think he's enjoying himself, is that he's very comfortable in, I would, I, what I would argue is high quality schlock. Uh, you know, Bram Stoker's Dracula, Zorro, yeah. you know, even the Thor movies to a certain extent. Um, and, you know, even stuff like, you know, The Edge or, Maybe not instinct, but hey, nobody's perfect. You know, um, and silence came on. Like, I mean, he's been a rat. Like, he had what, like, Lion and Winter and Elephant Man or what have you. But I mean, you know, he silence, became a household name. With he became a household name with silence, but it's not. But it's not like after that he stopped. I mean, you just mentioned the Yancey. Yeah, he does have the two Merchant Ivory movies after this. Let alone like Nixon, uh, what Amistad. Like, yeah, you know, he, he gets in there still as far as these kind of. But he wasn't a star until this. Not even close. I no, I understand he wasn't a star until Silence, but it's not like Silence was like that was the end for him. He still had these prestige dramas he was working in way after you know, after Silence. Well, there's a period after Silence where it's like, ooh, he's so creepy just to see him because of that movie. Oh, and then, yeah. And so he might have been trying to get out of the shadow of that. And you know we're we're talking around this, but the father he is excellent in, which is this year. I mean, he knows how yes. to do this thing. Oh, you can turn oh, him on. He can. He, on Idol, he's a great actor. On Idol, Anthony Hopkins. I mean, he's just naturally charismatic and great on screen, without even really trying. He's still pretty great. Transformers: The Last Night, right? So <laughs> again, again. Not- I I really dislike that movie. He's giving his all in that movie. Like oh, he's yeah. having a blast. He's giving it credit by calling it a movie. Because he because so. because he, he's not even it, like that's a movie that he could easily be in like ten minutes of be like oh we got him in for ten minutes and he's fine. He's in that whole fucking movie. Yeah, like, he's, he's in the whole thing. He's like Keanu Reeves in SpongeBob three. He's in that damn movie. <laughs> um, what's he been doing? recently the father and thor (laughs) that's what he's been doing recently yes yes i'm trying i'm a uh twitter videos that's his other thing that he stars in the two popes Popes, where he got an oscar nominee that's by the way that's the movie where there's one pope and they give you the other one for free so i just want to you know that's true but which one is the free one oh that's that's why you have to watch you have to sign up for netflix to find out bogo pope yeah um, Bogops. Oh, dude, teabagging. That's Tom statue. Oh my gosh. Tom Clancy's Bogops. 
This stuff is like it, it does. Like you know, I, I already complained about the cinematography. This stuff works, like, dude. No sound on. This is just captivating. Like no sound on. This stuff is like all of a sudden the filmmaking's different. It, <laughs> which is like that's um, fitting, I guess, because now we have Lecter, so there's like a respectability to the way it's framed. And, yeah, and Clarice is like hard action cop. Well, it is. Stuff, it's, and it's, then, it's shot grittier and like there's handheld and what have you. This is, you know, steady cam shots of people in nice suits. Yeah. <laughs> um, He's wearing that I, hat. I, I will say this. I, I believe Yancey said this. And whatever my issue is the film, you're absolutely right in that it does deserve credit for being such an unconventional yes. sequel that isn't just you know, a replication of a given formula. Um, well, I mean, technically, it's the it's the end of the trilogy, right? So they have to bring it back to the beginning. Yeah, well, right. <laughs> it's sort of the old, you know, the John Hughes, you know, John Hughes, I think, was talking about the Home Alone series. And when people were complaining that part two was exactly like part one, it's like, that's what sequels are. Part three is the one where you get creative. Um, <laughs> Somehow, Verger has returned. <laughs> <laughs> you have to say have it me when you had the chance, Hannibal. <laughs> <laughs> well, this movie also really looks good compared to Red Dragon. I never saw Hannibal Rising, but Red Dragon, I was so horrifically bad, I thought, because we had this perfect version of it already that it probably boosted this movie a bit in my mind. That was really, I thought. We're going to talk, we'll talk about that next month, but Brandon, I'm not mistaken, it's the same cinematographer. It's, um, he has what, Dari, what is his name? Um, as Manhunter, it's the same cinematography. Yeah, is Dante Spinotti. Yeah. Dante, Dante, yeah, Dante Spinotti, yeah, yeah. Nice try. But but the, the goal, there. the goal with the next, I mean, with Red Dragon is make it look like Silence of the Lambs as much as you can. Like yes. that's that's the goal aesthetically. Um, with well, we that. can't get Hannibal Lecter to lose twenty pounds. <laughs> Doesn't he have like a ponytail down to his ass? The first the time I ever saw it's a shorter one, but yes, okay. This is the first thing I thought of September 11th was this movie and this scene where they show Osama bin Laden among the 10 wanted. The yes. first thing I thought oh, of that right. morning. Oh, it's that guy from Hannibal. This was, <laughs> oh. this was the. This I was, was just aware enough of current events at that time to know, know who that was before 9 11. No more, but I, just I, enough. I'm pathetic. I was just. But if I don't hear it from Hannibal movies, I, I don't hear it. This is, all, this, is all seating, this is all seating for a body of lies years later. He's just planning. It looks like Rip Torn in that picture. Oh, I forgot. Uh, in the book, like he has m- some more major plastic surgery done to himself. Yeah, he right? all right? Yeah. yeah. Which felt which that felt more like Dino De Laurentiis needs me to write this book. I'm going to write this aspect of it just in case we can't get Anthony Hopkins back when we finally make the sequel. Yeah, that's yeah. actually. I'm, ser- I'm serious. I-, I feel like that's the actual reason why he did that. It's like, yeah, logistically, he wouldn't probably want to look the same because he'd be on the most wanted list. Also, if this gets adapted, and I know Dino, it's probably going to get adapted. They weren't like <laughs> heavy. I mean, there were slight alterations, I think, on it, like his ears and something. It wasn't like, yes, it's enough, where a, it's, it's enough where a script can make that choice very easily, though. In silence, he was Connery. In Hannibal, he's Lazenby. Like, no, it wasn't like that change. <laughs> Shame about the other Hannibal. <laughs> what was the idea that 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 uh, that uh, the uh, De Laurentiis was going to go ahead and make it regardless of whether... Oh, probably, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Dino's like, oh, oh yeah. It was... 
Dios mío. Silent show to me up. At the, by the way, Pixar made it okay for all of us to do Italian accents again because Luke is coming out, so it's fine. Okay. Um, you know, yeah, Silent showed me up, so we're going to get back with the Manhunter. And it's going to be great. It's going to be better than Silence. Three well, times The thing better. is, like Thomas Harris, boo-hoo, they bought this book for $9 million off of you. Like, boo-hoo, yeah. write it. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> sell out. That's you know, like, sell out. How... how not conventional it was. It was almost like, <laughs> you're gonna buy it no matter what I write. Right, exactly. Really Oda is such a creep in this movie. Like, oh yeah, that's what yeah, I think. Really is it's great. It's a great looking at the I'm picking up the poster look at the sketch of her naked is is mm-hmm. a good moment. Yes. Um we speaking of the writing of this thing, uh Ted Talley did not come back because he's like why? Um, which is pretty much pretty much what, what um, Jonathan Demi was like. He's like, I, he says like his main thing was I I can't make a movie better than Silence, so why should I do a sequel? Which yeah, that shows. And I think the all oh, really nice guy Demi probably didn't want to say anything else. Exactly. And I, I obviously I think the lengthy process to get a, a workable screenplay out there is like I'd rather make a remake of Charade, which will go really well. Um, <laughs> but, um, <laughs> regardless, uh, you have uh, David Mamet turns in a whole draft of the screenplay. I'm fascinated to know what that was because despite being credited on this movie, none of that's in here. It was entirely rewritten by Steven Zalian and the WGA was like, no, he gets credit anyway. Uh, so that's why his name's in this movie. Uh, but I, I would like to know what the David Mamet script version well, was. Well, I sure would. I, I don't know how... Beyond having like more terse dialogue, I'm not sure if the structure would change all that much, but still curious. But yeah, Steve Zalian. So like again, there's so much good here. You have Steve. You have Oscar winner Steve Zalian from Schindler's List, among other things. Ridley Scott uh, <laughs> coming off of Gladiator. You have Anthony Hopkins, obviously Julia Moore, Ray Liotta. Like this, this Hans Zimmer has. scores Hans it. Zimmer scoring this thing. It's like yeah, you have all everything's here for a, a fairly large budget horror sequel uh, to one of the greatest movies of all time at that time. Like, boy, they, they, did, they, they, overdid, they, they overdid it as far as how much, how many qualifiers they needed to justify making this movie. I just don't think it's fair to judge it for not being as good as silence. I mean, I just, it, it, oh, of course, no, that's I don't think just, any of us are saying true. that. No, we're not, yeah. <laughs> but we have, but it's I hard judge to for not being as good as copycat. <laughs> oh, copycats not better. Or kiss the girls, or along came a spider. This is but no, oh, this is better I mean, than along came a spider. I'm, I'm not, I'm not, I'm I'm not, not going on, there. Not no, on, all three of those. I'm not big on I any get of there those movies. I like copycat. Copycat is really good. I oh, I love copycat. The cross movies um, don't do anything for, me, including uh, kiss the girls. They're just kind of. <laughs> I Darren, don't you cross Alex Cross? I I don't I don't I don't cross Alex Cross. I just walk on the other side of the street. Replays <laughs> of Silence of the Lambs is something else. Those are giving you that thing that they wanted that this wasn't. But it is interesting to think of this as like the because like what like do we get? I mean we do, but after Silence and after in like Seven, which we talked about last month, you get a number of other you know serial killer movies like you said, right? We just mentioned many of them, and there's also what like Fallen, which we had a commentary for. Time is on my side. The the Bone Collector, among other things. It feels like this is. Again, there's still more after this, but it's like a big culmination of okay, let's do another silence now, which I, that's kind of interesting. It's like okay, we we did a a decade worth of copycats, no pun intended, from other serial killer movies. Let's there was only one of those. Just copycat Sigourney Weaver, Harry Connick Jr., Holly Hunter. It's a nice moment where she's kind of catching him. My just, script for copycats did not get picked up. 
just to call it a nice moment that probably wasn't in the script that's a nice moment when she's kind of sketching what she imagines he looks like and it's pretty close to, to Giannini being this sort of rumpled uh-huh. mustache Italian cop and someone else has just sketched Clarice in the earlier scene there's some nice visual rhyming going on there that I'm sure no one has ever <laughs> given him any credit for she did, like like you know he's an Italian actor he's pretty he's plenty successful he's been in two Bond movies but still uh, he he's very good <laughs> like he, he he deserves everything he gets like he, he's good here oh he's great I just want oh, I just saw because I watched uh, New York Stories he's in the Coppola segment of New York Stories like oh cool there he is again yeah well his real that. claim to fame is he's the, he's the original the swept away that was him in, yeah in the, he was like a hunk. Yeah, he's clearly in his like seasoned character actor phase at this point now. But yeah, he was you know, a big star back then. It's certainly a better role than he gets in those Bond movies. As Mathis? Oh, Mathis. Kind of a hazily defined third banana character. I, I, like, I like him towards the end of Casino Royale when he's just sitting there and he's like, I'm talking to you. And then he gets tased all of a sudden. I, I I like his big. I mean, he has only what one major scene in Quantum of Solace, but I like it. I think there's a certain even before he gets killed off, there's a certain poignancy to it. Um, that's one I, of the few. Okay. That I, I like to be a little bit people, but that being said, his bit is one of the only ones where I, you know the movie really works emotionally. As one, you know, we did that commentary too. But as one is that's not a big fan of that. As one is not a big fan of that. I do like. I agree with you. I do like that scene and like the scene of Jeffrey Wright. Like scenes where they yeah. stop and talk about things when it's like. By the yes. way, <laughs> he does. He does get some of the worst lines in Casino because he has to do the all the jargon about Texas Hold'em. Yeah. Yes. He has to explain to the girl because she's a girl and cards are complicated. <laughs> There's no way this guy, you're aware this guy is not as good as Will Graham or Clary Storm. Right. There's no way that's, he's going to catch. That's what makes it compelling. Yeah. Like, he's so, like, drop, you know, yeah. He doesn't he's have support of, he doesn't have department support of things. Well, he's, he's, he's playing a different game. Sleazy. He's, that's yeah. what, uh, yeah. Yeah. So I, I feel like he's the next per, the, in the, the gradual building of these people that Hannibal has one on one relationships with. And then, like the verger, he has to reface somebody he had that relationship with. And it gives, like, it gives Starling something to do that I like enjoy at this point in the film because, for the most part, it's just such the dregs for me as far as like her doing stuff. So, like, when you know she's like talking to this guy now, I was like, guy, you need to stop. You like you're getting yourself way over your head here, right? Yeah, I, I like that. I like that stuff. We talked over it, but. Would this happen where, like, with the with the Starling stuff, where she's in a botched job and they're like, the news needs to report this? Like, is that a thing back then? Possibly. Uh, well, she's famous. What happened? She's famous for a thing from ten years ago, and they're like, by the way, you might remember her from this thing that happened a long time ago. That she was in a new thing. Well, serial killers. If this had happened a couple months later, it would have completely fallen off the radar because they'd all be talking about Chandra Levy nonstop for six months. Yeah. <laughs> um. And then if it had happened seven seven or months later, after nine eleven, and nobody would give a crap. Yeah. But no, I, I do think, you know, jokes aside, you know, the, the media as it existed in, in the early two thousands, yes, this would have been a story on the cable news networks for a couple of years. Hard hard copy, current affair, like <laughs> big yeah. shoot out in the street like that. Yeah, I buy that. <laughs> this is showing my age now because I'm like I'm having a tough time remembering what news was like before nine eleven. <laughs> so. I'm not gonna say it was better, but it was different. Yeah. Um, 
I like casual like Hannibal. Right wearing here. black on Hopkins. Yeah, he's wearing black in like everything, like <laughs> black button down. Well, these lo- these long shots are him, you know, wide. Wow, 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 wow. Slimming black on Anthony Hopkins. Yeah. I don't mean to make fun. <laughs> I think it's pinstripe too. Just to... I mean, just get, or I, I mean, he's felt, but he looks he looks great. Like he's having a good time. Look at his house. <laughs> he's, he's having a ball. I like he he daintily holds that cigarette. It's kind of he's barefoot too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's, you know, he's getting his James Earl Jones on when he's king. He's just, you know, he's living it up. <laughs> I love the scene later. It's it's so ridiculous, but it's a great scene where they're at the opera or whatever, and he just kind of turns around and looks at him. Oh, yeah, we're getting it's such a great Howard <laughs> beyond like, but it's like men. that's the stuff where the movie wants to like embrace this other tone, which yeah, with this more what is it um that we talked about um. The Italian thing we talked about the horror episodes. What about for I'm blanking right the second the um, thing. Giallo or Giallo? Like yeah. it, it's it's getting into that territory with this, and not just because it's Italian, but like the nature of how we're seeing things framed and like the the connection between you know the killer and the cop. Like there's stuff there where mm-hmm. I think again Scott's having more fun with that. I, I think what is it, it's the stuff yeah. that he's more interested in. It's weird. You go see this movie that has these like asides, like oh, it's this Clarice is go- okay. Now we're in something completely, you know, it's almost anthology like in how it approaches to getting them together because there's like completed stories almost. Yeah. The Zimmer stuff is very nice here too. Like we, we can't hear it obviously, but Zimmer, he's doing he's doing his job. Like he's he's getting the notes and he's like, yeah, all right. A lot of classical in this section. You can't hear it, but sometimes in the subtitles they'll put the little music note so you can see it. <laughs> like I mean, this is good stuff because you know we know something he doesn't, but he knows stuff. Like it's a whole interesting it's, it's, dichotomy. It's, it's suspense, like because yeah. we we. we mm-hmm. We know where we are here, and like you're, you guys are right as far as in terms of challenging the sequel format, it is doing something different. Now yeah. you know we're we're following Buffalo Bill essentially. We're following you know we're following the Red Dragon. We're following Hannibal now. He's in this mode where yeah. he's he's the focus, and we get to know like his perspective on things for right. a good lengthy period of time. And with Hannibal, he's in control, but he's also the, yeah, he's in control, not so obsessed with control too much. That he's still like, "What's your angle here?" He's very careful. Like he, he, he. It's not just enough that he's like, "I know you know who I am," but I need to know where this is going. You know, it's not. He has something to lose. Yeah, and it's impossible not to. You know, you whose side are you on at this point in the in the story between these two characters it's kind of hard not to be on hannibal's side to an extent but he's, right yeah, the movie's hannibal like he's the anti-hero yeah it's a really extreme version of an anti-hero because what he does is such a so unthinkable but i mean it's a it's a hitchcock thing where he reverses you to be in suspense for like the wrong person like we should want him to catch hannibal but we're like well, no, we're even like like hannibal. it's not like some of like wells movies some, like like a lot of film noir in general but like mm-hmm. i don't know the third man or whatever like right. <laughs> not one to one but i do think they successfully build empathy for the the you know the investigator pretty much toward the end where yeah. he feels bad enough about this guy who's about to get killed that you know he he sticks around even after the job is basically done you know do his detriment 
Yeah. And, and a younger wife that he seems to sort of really be in love with and he yeah. wants to get away with her. So yeah, you, of course you feel bad for him, but it's, you're going back and forth. You're one, you know, you don't, you don't know if you have to see what you want. I mean, that's, that's the noir element too, for him, as far as everything he's doing, it's be, that guy looks so much like Edgar Ramirez. Uh, but, <laughs> but everything he's doing is, is of his own design. Like he doesn't have to, and he's been worn many times. Like it's, it's very, it's, what is it? What's, what, what's the other one? Uh, who wrote the counselor? What's his name? Why am I blanking on names today? Uh, <laughs> oh, uh, Cormac McCarthy. McCarthy. There's, mm-hmm. a, there's, a, there's a McCarthy there, as far as like how bleak you can make this stuff involving this guy who's going off his own, you know, his own choices are make or his downfall in all of this. My favorite scene of the counselor is the one where that one guy tries to tell Michael Fassbender not to do the thing. <laughs> I love that's, the that that's that's two hours of that two and a half hour. Movie. <laughs> <laughs> must be talking about what's his Ruben Blade. That scene is fantastic. <laughs> no, he's talking about every scene in that movie where Michael Fassbender. No, is, is, but that actually does refer to one scene that I think is amazing, where he's basically getting his ass handed to him over the phone by Ruben Blades, who is that already... raincoat is being lit like a cape. A nice long duster for him to slim up on in a very dusty scene. It was the trailer <laughs> very smoky? It's like 80s Ridley Scott right now. And a cocked hat from Hannibal. Oh, he's wearing that hat. Every team he has a hat and he knows how to wear it. Let me tell you. I feel like this, has, this movie must have a credit for Mr. Hopkins suits by... Oh, easily. Yeah. I, I, I bet there's three. Hopkins hat, Hopkins suits. Hopkins, Hopkins shoes. Hopkins yeah. cufflinks. Hopkins scarf. Hopkins scarf. Is this a, and I, I'm asking, asking a question I don't know the answer to. Is this a rare circumstance for Ridley to shoot in 185 by 1? That's a good question. Oh yeah, because obviously this was done to you know keep in pitch with silence, uh, which oddly uh, enough Brett Ratner did not do for uh, Red Dragon, which um, Manhunter was. Because <laughs> matches Manhunter. Yeah, his films are so yeah. big too. Damn, that's a good question. I don't yeah. know offhand. I got to think about this. Well, Gladiator was, I think, scope. And what else? Yeah, did they all because they're all yeah. epics, so they're all going to naturally be that yeah. way. Like, it's, that makes sense. Uh, what was Black Hawk Down? Was it? Black I can I can't imagine. Yeah. That's a good question. Again, I, I, I Black Hawk Down was scope. It was in uh two thirty nine. This goes from a like it's kind of a gut punch to a he gutted this man like right in public. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's rough. It's a punk move. You know, it's it's really just Obviously, he's the villain, so it's fine, but it's incredibly petty since he knows the guy got what he wanted, which is his fingerprints yeah. or whatever. Um, Do you think he's he, sure he, that it's him? Do you think he's sure that it's like it's of his doing and not just some guy he spotted following him? Uh, I think he's pretty sure because he's, 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 and again, maybe I'm wrong, but I always got the impression that like he's smart enough. Know, he so knew yeah, what was up. Yeah. Yeah. And it just, he killed him anyway just for the hell of it without preventing his plot from going forward. I mean, it might be a bit of a uh, back off. Someone to watch over me is 185. Yep, I was just about to say <laughs> the same thing, yeah. Someone to watch over me. The duelists, even. Maybe not, but... The du- again, the duelists. duelists. he might have been shooting with what he could have, but... Yeah. 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 Where's Ridley Scott now? So he's just, like, coming off a of Gladiator, right? Like, he's... Yep. Which is he was like, offered yeah. this while shooting Gladiator. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Dino DeLorean just, like, cornered him. He's like, listen, 
Yeah, there's a story right here, isn't there? It's it's he he thought he he thought Dina was offering him a story on Hannibal the Conqueror. Yeah, like I don't know about that. I'm I'm a current. I'm may, like look at Russell. He's sweaty from all the epic stuff I'm doing, and, <laughs> and he's like, no, no, no. It's much stupider than that. It's a secret. <laughs> <laughs> Um, that reminds me of a personal anecdote. Hannibal project, which can't be called Hannibal. Yeah, yeah. Here's McConnell oh. again, just like just giving time to movie. <laughs> My man, Mitch. Yeah, I yeah. do like the larger construction of of Hannibal himself being the, the 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 damsel in distress. I think that's pretty interesting. Oh, we'll get yeah, we'll get there. We'll get to the the other half of this stuff. But yeah, they, like it, it has. It has fun with I. Th- I mean, I think a lot of the merger stuff, merger stuff is dumb, <laughs> but I do that the the way it, the ideas it's presenting and some like fun lines I do think work quite well. Yeah, but Gary Oldman knows what movie he's in. Gary Oldman's in. Uh, movie? <laughs> oh, sorry, Mitch McConnell. My mistake. <laughs> Mitch McConnell knows what movie. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. <laughs> Duelist was one eight five. Also, by the way. Yeah, was it? Yeah. Uh, but yeah, for the most part, yeah, he's a guy that shoots in scope. Like that doesn't yeah. make sense to me. Uh, and this no, Black Town was the next movie he made. Yeah, he Black was. This was in the middle of a real hot streak for Ridley yeah, Scott. Let, let's yeah. go. Let's go over this back, back, backtrack a bit because it's it's he has such a strange like career because now he's like more prolific than ever. But like, yeah. you know, he comes out what Duelist and Alien obviously is a hit. Then he, and that's like it as far as he goes for a while because it's because oh, yeah. Blade, Blade Runner's a flop, Legends a flop. Yeah, uh, it's like Black has, Rain like, is okay. Black, Thelma yeah, Black, and Louise was Thelma and Louise is what him. gets him back for the nineties. It's like or like it seems, seems like, but it wasn't a huge hit. It it's a, was very well received. Yeah, it's yeah. it's just a comeback artistically for him. Yeah, and then it's just a lot of like this. It's this weird period. Like if I told you that Ridley Scott directed a two and a half hour, hundred million dollar Christopher Columbus movie, you'd be like, wait, he did? Because that movie has no like stamp whatsoever. <laughs> and it's maybe the worst of the two. And it, like nowadays you'd be excited if they announced that. Yeah. He's like, yeah. well, actually he did it already. And it's like, yeah. like that happened? That exists? I, um, think it's her, I think his career, I think his reputation is a little hurt because he doesn't fit Certain not tourist ideas. His movies don't all look like Alien and Blade Runner, and he doesn't have central obsessions to his work. So I think there's a lot of later. Really yeah, that is with. Yeah, I agree with you. Yeah, he's he's a, a he, stuff is underrated. I think yeah, Black Rock Challenge is the next one. Is like, well, we'll get, we'll get the, we'll get the re- recap of this, like, because it's that '90s period where it's like a lot of it's that and what White Squall and GI Jane. It's stuff that's commercial, but like doesn't really yeah. do anything for him. So then that's like, something like a Ridley Scott film. Yeah. He's like, he's, it, it's like, it seems like he's chasing prestige, but not really. And then yeah. it gets the gladiator, which I wouldn't actually consider a prestige Ooh. film, but everyone, but you know, it did anyway, yeah. <laughs> because mm-hmm. it just, it happens to be, it's a sword and sandals movie that happens to look great. <laughs> so it's yeah. like, so by default, for whatever reason, they're like, yeah, this is the best thing of the year. And like that, that and yeah, that sets, that sets, but that sets them on a path to make a really yeah. good set of movies after like, I know people are bigger fans of gladiator than I think some of us are here, but regardless yeah. after that, yeah, you get, I mean, you get this, and then you get Black Hawk Down and Matchstick Man, which I think is excellent. Matchstick Man is amazing. And, yeah. <laughs> and which is like the least commercial of the things that he does for the Well, yeah, he's successful <laughs> enough at that point that you can go off and, you know, do a one for me like Matchstick Man. Yeah, he's like, I'm going to be Peter Bogdanovich for a day and just make Matchstick Man for yeah. some reason. <laughs> um, 
And then after that, what? Then it's uh, uh what's after Magic Band? It's two thousand. Oh, Kingdom it, of Heaven, which I really like. Oh, oh yeah, Kingdom Kingdom Heaven. Heaven. <laughs> it's top th- that's top three Scott for me. <laughs> like I think it's, yeah. it's but that's a flop. Like my favorite of his pictures. That but that's uh, like a, that's a big that's a huge flop for him because he loses control. Yes. He can't make he can't release the three and a half hour movie he wants to release, and so it gets you know and it wasn't gladiator again it gets it was, hard and feathered because yeah. it's not people, the thing yeah or bloom's not russell crowe it's all these things even though it's a highly complex film with a lot of really cool ideas and all this stuff regardless if yancy i have to make me feel bad about the violence yeah even you have to say that like edward norton's pretty good in kingdom of heaven right oh yeah <laughs> he wears a mask all the time i like yeah, he, 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 he doesn't have to show his face so you must like him in that movie right <laughs> I think the major are we not Edward Norton fans? Black Hawk Down, which is an amazing movie. Yeah. It's hard to watch because it's so dense, but it's such a mastery of POV constantly switching, which was after this. Um, yeah. Then it's a, then it's like this Red, Russell Crowe period, right? Because it's a good year, American Not Gangster, and Body yeah. Body of Lies, and Robin Hood, all, all in a row. Angst, American Gangster, I really, well, I mean, the Denzel side spe- specifically, I think, is excellent. Like, yes, like, I think I, is I, I, quality rise. That's I, I'm not a fan of that particular run. Um, because uh, it's this weird, oh, well, like, it's it's the like, virtuosity reunion. But then you get then you get into the uh, the the twenty tens. You get you get excuse me. You get Prometheus, which is a huge hit, despite the yeah. varying reactions to it. It made what half a billion almost, right? Like it it, it did its job. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, let me yeah, just it's play around. Thirty one million dollars. And then it's like, then, then, yeah, from then on, in, he's basically then he's you know, playing, the Martian makes playing million dollars. Oh yeah, the Martian. Forgot that but was... he goes. That's the thing. He goes back and forth. It's like I'll do the counselor. I'll do this, which is like. Oak, like it's yeah. weird like regardless of what you think about it it's like that's a, it gets a big cast it's a big expensive version of a thing you don't generally see and then it feels like he makes what would seem like a safe play he makes a Ten Commandments movie he makes the Exodus Gods and Kings it does nothing for anybody but it's like well that's an interesting one not to land I don't know what you do that's different <laughs> there I guess you just make a better movie I guess that's the real you do a top five in this Like there's so many, there's so many movies. Like a good yeah. year, and then all bubbling in the cracks. I mean, whatever happens with his failures, he's got another movie right away. Exactly. So yeah, then yeah, the Martians. The Martian is huge. Money in the world. That was the last picture, right? It's oh, a, yeah. That's that's. Then yeah, um, you, get, you get another alien because he's really into robots, but he disguises which, as an explorer, yeah. which <laughs> amusingly bombs. Arguably because you know, a people weren't that hot on Prometheus, and B because. I frankly think they made a mistake emphasizing Alien, which was a comparatively cult franchise, versus this is a sequel to Prometheus, a movie that everybody saw. Mm-hmm. But whatever, it just ditch, it ditches the wrong things. Despite, yes. lot, I think a lot of yeah, you know, see, I think you agree a lot of effective elements as far as yeah. I was again the biggest him, the bigger fan of Covenant in the group, and I think Covenant is pretty terrific. Him doubling down on nihilism to be like, oh, you want to yeah. see dark? I'll show I, you dark. <laughs> I enjoyed Covenant more than Prometheus, with the caveat that I've only seen each of them once. And then there's oh. all the money in the world. That's the year he's Spiel- he Spielberg that year. He's like, I'll do two movies. Yeah. Why not? And he's, he makes all the money well, in the world. That was a movie that Spielberg was trying to make for ages. And Ridley's like, I'll do it. Oh. And not only will I do it, I'll get into some hot water and recast a main role and get him an Oscar nomination. And do it in two weeks. <laughs> <laughs> and he did it without abusing his entire cast. 
And this year he's doing it again, right? He's, he's supposed to have, I don't know. He's got the last duel. I don't know if COVID's affecting it, but it's supposed to be the last duel, another yeah. epic that's what, co-written by Ben Affleck and Matt Damon, who both star in it, yeah. as well as a House of Gucci. Like, he's supposed to have that movie out, like, yeah. like yeah. as of now, like three weeks from the from the pre, from last he, duel. He's what, like 106 years old or something? Yeah. He's like 90 years old. He's like three years younger than Nancy. <laughs> You can say what you want about Clint Eastwood crank, cranking on movies. Those are like little movies that Clint Eastwood makes. Ridley Scott's still making these enormous movies. That's the thing. Yeah, like three years old. That's the thing. Like Clint Eastwood, yeah, he's he's turning things, he's doing things when he wants to. Yeah. His movies have a pretty set, you know, he'll make a 30, 40 million dollar movie for Warner Brothers. Ridley Scott's like, just give, just come on, we're getting on the plane. We're doing location. <laughs> let, me, let me, let me get, let me, come on, who's coming with me? Matt, you good? Let's do this. Like, he just gets all these huge cast members. He must be a delight to work with. He gets great cast. He gets great cast and crew members and like, you yeah. know. He runs an operation. are great. Yeah, we're listening to those guys. Commentaries are just some of the best in the business. Yeah, he's he's incredibly well spoken and well informed. Like he knows, he knows his stuff. Yeah, Ridley Scott. Quite a career this man has had. I don't even know if he's chasing that Oscar anymore. It seems like he had his chance and didn't get it. So it's like, all right, I'll, you know, if I get nominated, great, whatever. I'll get my Golden Globes and complain about it. <laughs> I'm drawing a blank. Who won Best Director that year? Gladiator, uh, one of his two. Somehow, I'm so like that was surprising to me. Like as much as I didn't want Gladiator to win Best Picture, I was like, he's going to split the vote, right? And like they'll still give it to somebody else. Like, nope, we are still giving it to him. And uh, good for it because I mean, you know, Trafficker, Crouching Tiger were my picks for that year. So it's like, yes, I guess Ang Lee won. Interesting. Well, they made up for it later. Where they're like, we'll give you two. We did. We forgot to nominate both Ben Affleck and uh, Catherine Bigelow. So by default, by give default. it to Ed. <laughs> right. Yeah. You flipped the coin. It was you or Spielberg, and you came up Ed's. <laughs> okay, so now we're to, back to this movie. Now we we have Clary Starley being like, "Guy, shut shut up. Leave Hannibal alone. Get out of there. Get me in there. I need to know what's happening." Oh, we passed this entirely. I know we're talking all over the place. That letter that Hannibal sends to Starling is the intention just to like to mess with her. Like he sends like a really scary yeah. letter to her. Like and it, it just seems so. Like, what do you think the relationship is now? He's grooming her. Like that's I think what it, it's it's all from afar. I think there there's a care somewhat. That's his last connection to somebody. Uh, while he's that knows who he is, uh-huh. but. I I think there's a groom because in the I mean in the book because you're adapting from a book you're picking and choosing you're keeping stuff so there's a through line that doesn't pay off and stuff but he ends up like in the book he like does some sort of hypnosis drug brainwashing stuff with her prior yes. to her converting like a over you know yeah so he does that he does not do that here um but the trail of it's there because he's grooming her with the letters letting you know I care I'm, I'm you know. I think, I think grooming is an over. I mean, first of all, he's Hannibal Lecter. He's a crazy maniac. But I think he really, in the book, at least if I recall, he legitimately feels that she is enslaved to a system that doesn't deserve or respect her. And he thinks he's going to free her from all that by kicking her off into his world of, of whatever. But that's what that's what really makes it kind of what grew. Uh, I, okay, we have a different definition for that, it. That, but that's, I mean, that's but that's, see, he really thinks it. He really believes that she's a rare, rare creature like him. But he has to do some convincing of her to yeah, go for a creature like him. Then that's, yeah, I guess it. Yeah, I mean, he used to be called, yeah, but I mean, it's that he's not. 
in the, I guess they still managed to make Hannibal seem like in a world of men who don't appreciate her, he at least appreciates her. When we can find right. the, the synonym for grooming that doesn't sound as extreme, we'll use it. Right. But I mean, that's the appropriate but, but thing is, he, he does, oh, he does, but he's, it's ridiculous. I mean, he's it's, like, it's, I got to do something because I'm a lector. Like, like anybody, she's Clarice Starling. She's almost as smart as he is. Which is why he needs to do some convincing to get her. Yes, yes. Oh, yeah, <laughs> exactly. Like, drug her? That's not grooming. He kidnaps her and like literally drugs her and uses every drop of no cycle. but we're not talking about that yet it's more the, like the let that i'm referencing the letter and stuff like the things he's doing to kind of keep in contact with her he's into her she knows that well, <laughs> I, mean, I, I think it's, it's he you know he's a to a certain extent she's just one of his hobbies he's obviously not you know laser focused on her because it's been 10 years and he what occasionally writes her a letter or whatever because she was in the but, news like that's why yeah, exactly, you know, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so you know it's just like, sort of like oh that. Well, we see a red dragon. He's still got attachment to Will Graham as well. Yes, that's just the end of that. Really, ends up the end. Of, he screws it. Ayo, screws it all Always up. Always silence by. your phone. Because well, he's Will the one Graham that he's... dead in this one. Why is he not in this? Why did he bring that character back? That would have been a nice way to go. All three of them. I there's that legacy. Well, like you, but William Peterson, Jodie Foster are back in the in uh, <laughs> ultimate lector. Most confusing to people sequel ever made with Brian Cox oh. as the theory. It all um, counts. It, it, yeah, it's the multiverse. Disney presents Hannibal. <laughs> um, I think, you know, again, I don't want to, you know, this is pure speculation, but I think either the events at the end of Red Dragon basically put Will Graham off of this path completely and under no circumstances is he getting back in the sandbox. Yeah, because Crawford, or, like, by the way, I know, just, you, I know your yeah. family was under threat you had a hell of a thing you went through with his tooth fairy, and I know you didn't want to go talk to Hannibal in his jail cell, but what if you came yeah. back again? Like, I don't think that's a thing that's going to happen. And again, it's also, you know, if, you, if, you've, if we're talking just Hannibal here, it's been, what, 10, 15 years since that incident. He's, you know, ideally, if he had a happy ending, it's a distant memory. That makes, me, that makes me curious of this this angle, though. Like, does Hannibal have any grudge against the man that caught him and put him into jail? That he wouldn't go after Will Graham? I don't think he likes Will Graham as much as he likes Clarice. Like, he, like no, on the I, scale, I think it's, you know, Chilton's down here, Graham's yeah. higher, and then you have you, you have, you have uh, Starling. But Starling's kind of still it, fresh it, at this point. Like, I know? think he recognizes that Will Graham's a smart man. He caught him. I mean, so, like, he... he, he <laughs> There's a respect. He doesn't think he's a rude person like he does with the people he eats. Well, also, I think, you know, he, he sends the tooth fairy after Will Graham while he's still incarcerated. I think once he's out in, in the world, hey, he likes Clarice. He doesn't, yeah, he said the world's more interesting with her in it. But it's like, okay, is it, you know, either of them, is this worth jeopardizing my freedom? That's fair. But he's Although, an absolute, he's a monster who we see in this would not harm her, which makes me a very yeah. interesting monster. I mean, that, that, that's, you know, I find that very effective. Oh, yeah. Whatever reason, this is one person. It's, re- it's relative alive. morality. Yeah, he's com- oh, completely. Well, yeah, I mean, I'm, I, I'm, we're not debating this. I was, I was going off the speculative idea of what happened to Will Graham as far as Hannibal's perspective on this. It's like no, so, no, and that's it's, 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 a case or something at this point, something like that. So, like, just to remind me, is Will Graham done? At, like after he caught Hannibal, like was he? Is he not a cop anymore when we start that movie? He, no, he. Oh uh, uh, yeah. He's, 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 he's not. Just, he's just hanging. He's just like managing a boat shop or something down in wherever he was in Florida. <laughs> I got this thing. 
yeah. chickens, whatever he's doing with those chickens. Oh, this is the trailer line right here. I gave it some very what? serious thought. And he was what? never officially with the FBI, was he? Or like they kind of finagled him into an area uh, for, then... for for that for that storyline, yes, right. But yes. before yeah. that he was, and then he's not anymore. He was like Lecter stabbed him, and that was like yeah, you know, he, he left done. he left his scars, and he killed he murdered that J- Garrett Jacob Hobbs, which was a traumatic for him too, and then uh-huh. he was coaxed to stay on in the Hannibal Lecter, yeah, like Jack Crawford's a kind of not a good person when it comes to Will Graham. In the IMDb trivia, it notes that Hannibal uses chloroform to knock out uh, our cop friend here, uh, Patsy, and. I, what I found interesting was it was saying in reality it would take chloroform several minutes to actually do this. How many times have you seen chloroform used on people that just works instantly? And how come the IMDb Nazis are never like out for any other movie? If they're like on Hannibal, they're like, we need to point this out because people are gonna think the wrong thing for this. Well, maybe it's one guy that's going to all the movies and, <laughs> and just slowly movies. adding the chloroform. Back. I just rewatched Peter Jackson's King Kong. It took a while. Yeah. <laughs> Everything takes a while in Peter Jackson's yeah. game. But he's he's big. He did a lot of chloroform. Plus, they were all throwing low. Exactly. Jack Black was right. I Jack Black. Jack I Black. love that movie. But if Jack. ever there was a movie that would have real time chloroform, it would be Peter Jackson's game. Yeah. Jack Black learned from Jedi. He took the high ground, threw it right at his face, and that knocked him out. The other one, <laughs> like, I guess, was throw it at the ground and it'll work. Like, <laughs> and people say he was miscast. <laughs> Gets the job done. Anyway, we're about to lose. Like Jack Black was this kid. He's too weird looking that film. People are dumb, Scott. That's the thing. (laughs) So this this segment of the film is like forty five, fifty minutes. Yeah, like you could have buffered out, got yourself a nice ninety minute Hannibal Lecter thriller. That was never going to (laughs) happen. Ninety minutes. Well, I mean, this is also a time when you weren't necessarily saying, okay, how many sequels can I squeeze out of this? Right. For sure. At the same time, though, right. what, what, a, what a movie this would be if it was called Hannibal. It was entirely focused on this Italian stuff, and the end is just this. He kills the guy and gets away. <laughs> That's the whole film. Well, I would have the end where, like, the Verger people... Yeah, they come in, and, like, Thanos looks at the screen and winks or something. Like, I get it. But, I mean, that this movie, like... <laughs> It's such like the arc is so sad. It's because it's so. Like, and then after the credits, the phone rings, and he's like, "Clarice, I need your help." It's like, "Oh, I need to tell you about the Verger Initiative." Yeah. I do like as far as their first interactions go. This is a fun one. Yes, like the, this is exactly where it should be. It's perfect. Like this whole time during this, she has not left that office. Like she is interiors. Probably took like a week to shoot. Yeah. And it's all downhill from here. Like Julianne Moore did not have to be super available for this movie to <laughs> wonder what else she was offhand, what else she was doing at the time. Magnolia. Uh, I know be... Yes. Yeah. Uh I think she did the hours a year later. Mm-hmm. The hours, yeah, in Far From Heaven's year. Far from Heaven, yes. Yeah. What I guess Boogie Nights is like the ascension role as far as like getting she had a... right. I know there's uh, other things. Big Lebowski but... and well, that's after. Yeah, Lost World. Lost World. Lost World. That's a mega hit. So yeah, that yeah. Lost World was yeah. the. She's respected enough to be in a franchise. Now. Well, it's a double, right? Not because it's, because that's the same year. Yeah. She gets yeah. an Oscar nomination for Boogie Nights, and she gets to be in the one of the biggest blockbusters yeah. of the year. 
because before and, that it's a lot of like supporting roles and like she done safe, stuff. Game safe was a big lead for her that you got some safe yeah for. safe like she got that in, she built that indie cred up for sure yes. and aaron's favorite psycho um <laughs> <laughs> this is that's rough like just the kill and then it's like wait yeah. what's that gonna do and it's the way it this plays out oh god that's a better oh. man twisting from a wire scene than in quantum of solace <laughs> <laughs> well it's one it's not a hundred cuts yeah yeah excited one thing <laughs> i love that shot of the phone cracking on the ground but by the way guts <laughs> like, <Yes. that's> wonderful. <laughs> phone goes complaints to me about the gore the, the gore does the job i'm not i'm not complaining yeah. the no, this is uh yeah see i don't think you under, understand how good how does the job is like a very positive thing for me to say I think, I think I think you think I think you think when I say it, it's, it's like, like when I say rock solid. Yeah, it does the job. I, I rank rock higher. Is I better than does the job. My, my rock solid is yeah. The job is eh. my grading scale. My lexicon usage of job does, does the job is a lot stronger than you're interpreting it. For a film that was done. for a film that was partially aimed at adult film goers that don't necessarily flock to horror films, this was a sufficiently gory motion picture. Here's the here's the secret. I think people love gore. They just don't like being associated with certain things. No, yeah, <laughs> they watch Game of Thrones like religiously. The you know, like it's. Yeah. Um, no, yeah, I agree walk, with you. Walking Dead's been a hit for ten years, right? <laughs> yeah. I don't watch zombie movies, but I do watch Walking Dead. It's not. It's more. It's about the people, you know, not just the zombies. And there's like this social. Oh, you mean like a zombie movie? <laughs> And then there's Gotham, which I swear is the goriest show I've ever yeah, seen on network. It's television. insane. It's insane how gory yeah. that show is. <laughs> and, you know, unlike, say, Hannibal, where most of the victims are not Des- deserving party, but, you know, Yeah, it's in movie logic, they're deserving. You know, civilians get whacked off like fleas on Gotham. Jesus. But anyway. Um, but there he is in that blurry security camera shot. Yeah. It's like Masferatu in that show. It's like yeah. he's gained weight. <laughs> Which you really see when he's jogging in about five, ten minutes. Yes. yes. Remind us of McConnell still in this movie. Huh. <laughs> you will not rate. get your health care plan. <laughs> <laughs> now that's what I call a filibuster. <laughs> I don't think there's any way I could be convinced to do a role like Oldman is doing here where you're just, it's got to be so awful to be under all that makeup every day. He said he, he, said he based he the vocal it. inflection off Catherine Hepburn. Which is what, yeah. um, which is what Lecter did, which is what Anthony Hopkins did also. <laughs> I'm serious. They both did. They both were. God, really? Yeah. It's, yeah. Both wow. inspiration for, it's inspiration for both. <laughs> it's a combination of things, obviously, but I, I will mean, say this, this is a crazy abrupt. Suddenly, he's in Virginia or wherever he's supposed to be. Like, yeah, people complain about like even in terms of movie space, I'm still be trying to get across the ocean somehow. People complain about Bruce Wayne and Dark Knight Rises getting back. It's like, what about Hannibal? It's not like he's a super guy with all this money and riches. Like, how did he get over here? So, size of the lambs imagery or what poster it made that mask like iconic and stuff, but it's not like like it's not in the books as like a thing and it goes to hilarious links in Hannibal rising, but like, 
I forgot the rising is the mask is all over the place. Well, yeah. It's like it's, it's like an a endearing thing for him. It's like it is not like this is not like he's not yeah, Michael it's, Myers. It's, he's not Jason. It's, it's, yeah, it's but restraint. That's, it's, like it's, it's, it's the classic, uh, you know, IP brand mistake where you try to right. make every random object or moment an iconic part of the brand. You say mistake, right. but it worked. Like it, yeah. it, 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 it it's I more of a success right because they, it's more of a success because they have this thing. And Dino knows that that's why he's a good producer. Like he knows what he gets. Yeah. Stuff. Yeah. I'm, I'm saying it's fine here. They make it work, but like in Hanover rising, it's like, come on. Oh yeah. Guys. We'll get there. We got two months to get to that one. <laughs> Zeltra Ivanig. That's a name, right? I always forget that name. Uh, he does his job. He's 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 having a good time here, being like uh, hapless assist, assistant. Just for the taste of it, Yancey Oldman loves this stuff. This is this is a thing he loves. To, McConnell loves this thing. Like he he's happy to bury himself in this yeah, makeup. It must have been six hours, right, to do that. It, yeah, it's something crazy. I don't have the trivia. Did he have to lose like any weight to make it look like believable? Because he's like got his head looks tiny. Well, because it's only the head. I think it's just. The way he's dressed and whatnot, I think the head it looks smaller than it is. Oh, yeah, I think yeah, it's just good frame. Yeah. Right? Isn't it the same year he plays the sort of bald? Uh, or was that earlier? The I Joan mean, Allen movie, Contender. It's the it's the year earlier. But I mean, regardless, I, I, he digs this stuff too much. Like he he is he is happy doing this kind of thing. That said, like there's conflicting stories about the credit for this because he's not credited in the opening credits and he wasn't credited in the theatrical credits. Now on the release, he is credited in the the end credits, yeah. like third, which makes sense because he's like the other third of this movie. Um, Ridley Scott just tinkering with his movies, but there's there's some weird thing where like what one side of it is that Gary Oldman wanted shared billing with everyone, mm-hmm. um, and they denied him, so he said, "Okay, I don't want my name in the credits," which I kind of think is nonsense. Uh, I I I I think I side more with the he wanted it to be feel like a surprise. Um, yeah. and yeah. like and yeah. just and not like and have no one really know what this thing is because That's of the unique and even the, because again remember it's not in the credits so it's like when you walk out of there you're still not really sure what that those air is. force ones gary oldman wow <laughs> so like i I I feel like that's maybe a more accurate side of what this was as far as it felt like a it felt like a fun thing for that to happen as far as I get to play this otherworldly you can't understand what I am thing and nobody will even know until like later on or whatever. I don't think there was any like press for him. I don't believe there was like director you know, Tom Noonan. I don't think he was coming on David Letterman being like, guess who I am in <laughs> this one. <laughs> This stuff again, really, it's like, he's very good, but I just, all this stuff I dislike as far as how they're, I, I get the thematically what it's trying to do as far as intimidate her and make her feel lesser and all this stuff, but the, the, the well, theatrics to make it happen just don't really work for I'll me. Say, Demi and the, uh, the previous movie make office settings and, and stuff more interesting to look yeah. at. This is just, uh, we went in a room and shot it. Like there's they're on like a campus in the other one. The office doesn't look natural. You go in the dungeon of the institution. It's just lit differently. This is boring. And we're with Clarice. We're barely going outside after the opening. Like she ran. That was fine. But then it's right back at interiors in the office. And they're smoky. Yeah, it's it's just 
it looks like every other movie. There's there's not much here. Like I, no, there's not. And it's it's not like Yancy. It's not as though I'm like I'm trying to come down on this thing or I'm I'm matching it up and like it's just not doing it the way silent. It's just I just look at this movie and think this is not interesting to me. It was interesting when he walked outside and he turned into like a TV shot, but that's so hard to buy that that this is not a, this is a, I don't know, this is to me, this is a way above average horror movie. You're saying it on a whole. I'm saying this stuff, this section involving like the Starling stuff, it just doesn't do much for me. It doesn't do much, but it's a part of the larger whole that I think does work. I mean, was there an unrated cut of this? No, no. <laughs> no Ridley one of the few Ridley Scott movies that doesn't have an alter. Well, we have the alternate credits cut, but I think it's because they probably got pretty much what he wanted to do here. He's mm-hmm. coming off again. He's coming off some prestige all of a sudden now. He's coming off a. Because uh... did did De Laurentiis have anything to do with Blade Runner? No, I so. no. Okay, I don't think so. Would they had they worked together before on anything? I gotta look that up, but um. I'm wondering if that's a that's a reason he doesn't get to I've, cut this one again. Perhaps I, more. I think more or less he just thought he had it. <laughs> like he yeah. keep, and at this point in his career, like beyond Kingdom of Heaven, I don't think he has many director's cuts anymore. Oh, he's got a lot. He tinkers with his. He's got Legend. He's got no, no. I'm saying, I'm saying, no, I'm saying, I'm saying at this point in oh. his career. Well. The director's yeah. cuts generally come pretty early. He's There's got a, a different cut of Gladiator. He's, he's got um, a, they're all called extended cuts, with the except, yeah. with the exception of Kingdom of Heaven. That's what I'm saying. Okay. I, I'm saying at this point because I think he's generally doing what he wants to, and he's making, he's producing, okay. and he's he's it's scot free. It's his own production company, so it's like he probably gets the cut he wants. That's Kingdom of Heaven also has a roadshow cut, right? Is that that yeah. correct? Yes. That one? Okay. Which is it's the same. It just has you know an intermission. Intermission. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um. But no, I'm, I'm saying because he has Scott Free and he's in more control and he's right. been doing this for a while, it's like, no, the theatrical cut's the the one I wanted to make. That's what I have that here. There's an extended version where I'll just throws one deleted scenes back in here. But, you know, because there's that, like, yeah, it's I think, like, The Martian is, like, the last one that has, like, an extended version of it. Okay. But they're not, but they're all called extended cuts at this point. Yeah. So I okay. think on, on Hannibal, it's like, yeah, yeah, I made the, like, there's 33 minutes of deleted scenes. Like, he cut all the stuff he wanted to cut out of this movie. Gotcha. Do not waste your time on the theatrical version of the uh, counselor. The director's cut all the way on that one, or whatever you want to call it, is better, including one of the best uh, decapitation scenes since The Omen. Hmm. I agree there. Good decapitation scene. <laughs> like, certainly, uh, unlike any other decapitation scene you'll see. Yeah, that's a, that's a wild scene. Very Hitchcockian. And that person acts the hell out of it. I'll say that too. Oh boy, he's great the reaction <laughs> he has at first. You, you see, you see, like all, like all, like ten stages of "I'm gonna die now." Like in that scene, <laughs> I can't believe I'm gonna die from this thing. It's what he's thinking. I heard about one of these things. Just I heard about. about I, I heard about this yeah. and monologued about it, and now I'm dying from it. That's good writing. And then I think the head <laughs> falls God. off the stretcher later before it even gets into the. Yeah, it's a good movie. <laughs> Friendler and what a what a sad house entering with boxes. I lost my job. I have to go back to my like luxury palace I have over here in the countryside. (laughs) FBI makes good money, I guess. Do better in the private sector. It's impressive that they don't go to like some farm or something with lambs and things. She cut Buffalo Bill. She's 
set. <laughs> they just gave they gave her that serial killer bonus that you get when you capture one of these guys. <laughs> Is that a thing? Yeah, and a cake. Like, damn it, that one was mine, but we went to the wrong door. Remember that boring cake? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Pandemic cleaning. I can relate to that. <laughs> Cleaned your groceries. Um, in addition to, <laughs> in addition to Gary Oldman, they all they were they they first went to Christopher Reeve um, for Mason. Verde. Oh yeah, I saw that. What? Uh, what? Yeah, that would have been amazing. They went to Christopher Reeve. <laughs> um, and he, Why did he do it? And at first he was interested, but then he read the book and he was like, oh. "Wait, th- this guy is both a quadriplegic and a child rapist. I don't want to associate." <laughs> he, he was like, "I don't want to. Th- I don't want to make people think that like." People with my, you know, with in my state are synonymous with these kind of evil things. But now, when you don't cast that person like that, you give them <laughs> hell because they're not really a. Exactly, exactly. That would have been really uncomfortable. God, I'm glad they didn't cast Christopher. I don't want Gary. Like, like, again, Gary Oldman loves this stuff. He'll go under the make the chair for whatever. Christopher Reeve, like putting him in that make, like God, no, thank you. I'm Superman, guys. I do like that. That was the thought, though. Like Dino De Laurentiis and really Scott are like, "Who do we get for Mason Verger?" And they both I know a guy. Each other. We already, we already got Hopkins. We got more. That's box office in the bank. We'll get Christopher Reeve. People will love it. Everyone will be uncomfortable. <laughs> I would. Yeah, whatever. It is what it is. Funny, you know, you, Scott mentioned earlier about the the, the pulp tendencies of anthony hopkins and that's the thing i always remind myself with these thomas harris books is despite what feels like a real grounding and the way people really feel and the way these investigations really work hannibal lecter has nothing to do with a real no. world serial killer much closer to a comic book super film. right and that's or what i found very interesting type. about thousand of lambs is that you get both you get both i would argue one of the more defining hollywood versions of a serial killer with hannibal lecter and you get a pretty damn realistic version of the real thing in Jamie Gunn. Sure. You can hear more about yeah. that in our Silence of the Lambs commentary track. Now playing on Out Now. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. It was, I was just going to look up if Ridley Scott and Dina De Laurentiis have worked together before. Maybe like on one of those, like, well, no, what's, what's Black Rain? Is that a, is that a Joel Silver? Black so. Rain? Eey. That seems like something in the vein of, but yeah. <laughs> anyway. It's a good movie. It's a good Michael Douglas vehicle, Black Rain. It's thought. It's you know, it's, a, it's an action movie that has really Scott attached, so it works. For fans of uh what's that Kurt Russell movie where he's the cop in LA? Dark Blue. Dark Blue. Dark Blue yeah. With the fans of irredeemable cop characters. It's funny after after Red Dragon, I thought the next step was like they would do like kids daring themselves to stay overnight in the old Lecter house and getting picked off <laughs> one by one <laughs> with the cameras attached to their heads, heads. <laughs> or maybe they yeah, film an overnight there. Yeah, I thought Anthony Hopkins would almost do that, <laughs> like pop up from some behind find somebody and crap uh. like. He didn't like being stuck in the in the in the merchant ivory box for sure. 
And it's funny, there's a symmetry here too, because the and I actually I revised this movie when I had that. It was a Blu-ray set called the Hannibal Lecter trilogy. Yeah, with Manhunter, Silence of the Lambs, and this. And because you kind of replace Hannibal throughout, and you replace Jodie Foster, it kind of makes sense. Like, I certainly think those three are a satisfying trilogy in a way that none of the other. Well, I guess the other two movies don't enter into it. Although, again, I haven't seen all of Hannibal Rising. Maybe I'm in for a real treat. Uh, yeah, it's going to be a secret. Spoiler, you're not. But you watched it already, Scott? You're ahead of us? You, you caught up? Well, I, I saw it when it came out. Yeah, well, Scott, Scott, I mean, that's that's all, that's all. a while ago now. I mean, who knows? It could be a secret <laughs> bat. We all just maybe slept on it when we, even when we were in theaters, sleeping on it, literally. Yeah. <laughs> No, that was read that book. Are you going to read the first year of Allison? I went an audio book. I don't know why. I mean, even as a whore, Wait, I'd like to I think, read. Wasn't book. that movie done first and then he wrote the book? I think there's I some weird well, reversal the, with that one. Well, we, no, I think it, I think it was uh, like at the same time because I remember it being in stores. I remember when I saw it, it there was a Barnes and Noble, like there was a Barnes and Noble next to the theater that I saw it. I remember the book being on shelves when it was like, out. one for Hannibal Rising, please. I'm going to go to the bookstore till the movie starts. Oh, look, it's there. <laughs> but like, but the seeds for it are in the book Hannibal. Like it does introduce what yeah. Hannibal's backstory is, right? And then they just expand yes. it into a feature, mm-hmm. which is interesting that they made the. You know, intentionally or not, they chose to cut that stuff out of this movie more or less. Well, I I saw that um, he wanted to do that book because Ridley Scott cut that stuff out, and he thought it was important. So I that inspired him to go after that. So Beautiful. when when you went to the bookstore while it was already in theaters, did the cover say "Now a major motion picture with major crossed out"? <laughs> so like for those people who are like, well, I liked Hannibal the movie, so I don't need to read that book. But I want to read Hannibal Rising because hot damn, um, he put it back there. <laughs> so they... From what I can see, Dino De Laurentiis never worked. Dino never worked with Ridley before uh, this movie, so I just assume they're good friends. Hey, the more Dino, it's that international. It's that international. <laughs> Maybe there were judges on a Cannes Film Festival at some point together or something. No matter what he else he did, Dino could always say he produced those Fellini movies. I know that's the that's... strangest thing going through the box set, see his name <laughs> all over like Fellini stuff, and then thinking like, wait, going up to Hannibal is it's pretty strong. You got Breakdown, Bound, okay, Big Gap, uh, Army of Darkness, um... <laughs> Halloween three, Halloween two, Halloween two. I was, I'm missing like there's Assassins. And U five seven one assassins. I had to Julian Moore, right? Or yep, that, it yeah, yep. So she knew him. <laughs> yep. Like how Hannibal, Hannibal got a haircut on his uh, on his uh, quick plane trip over to the U.S. This is Ridley's homage <laughs> to the Third Man, right here. Right here, yeah. That oh, that the scene mind. where he's standing inside of a cuckoo clock and being like, "Get it." <laughs> Hans Zimmer brings out a zither for some reason. What if that happened? What if that was a thing? He just pops out of the shadows. Oh, that's a trailer shot too, right? When he like touches her hair. Yep. Yep. It seems like it's be very easy to catch Hannibal right now. So I don't know, like they're making such a big yes. deal out of this thing with these two Italian guys, or who like the their head the heavies anyway. Uh, just like going out. Hey, when he zigs, he zags. <laughs> well, as you see, it, they do catch him pretty easily. 
They do. It's just, I mean, I get it. It's a movie, so we're making a big deal out of this. I hope he paid for those. The shoes or the photos? (laughs) Both. Good subtle work by these henchmen, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. They they cast the really big ones so so, uh, Hopkins would look smaller. Ouch. That's Anthony Hopkins' one stunt in the past 20 years. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Enough for me. Fall down. (laughs) Climb into our black van. And, you know, it is what it is, but it's like, what what did he think was going to happen in this scenario? He knew they were following him. He seems surprised when they actually, you know, bounce. Again, this is why this stuff just doesn't do much for me. It's yeah, a lot yeah. of contrived elements to just get these two together. I like. I mean, yeah, there's stuff that's cool where it goes. I don't disagree with that, but it's yeah, you know, you're going the whole thing is a. Yeah, I, I think it's it's by having him out in the open and basically being so vulnerable and being so somewhat run of the mill in terms of a, a you know a horror movie baddie. He really does lose some of his mystique. And again, I don't know what you do about that in a movie where he's you know free and clear because well, it's a it's a very different situation when he's a caged tiger. You've already lost that when you make the sequel to Silence of the Lamb. So it's like you do the best you can. Yeah, yeah. Is, is mm-hmm. the result. It's just you know the material given isn't always the best here. And once again, you get like another scene of nonsense where these guys are like, "We don't believe you," despite having everything uh, to the contrary. And that was, you know, even when I was like, well, I was 21. I was, well, yeah, I was 20, so I wasn't quite a kid. But it's like, yes, I get institutional sexism, blah, blah, blah. But the the extent to which she is ostracized for stuff of which there's basically videotape of always seemed like, really? You couldn't just like go on a talk show and say, hey, here's what actually happened. And I have videographic proof. I mean, even the drug dealer, the lady she shoots at the beginning, the lady shot her twice. On tape. After the <laughs> other guy working the case with her was like, let's go in now. Overwalking. Exactly. She's clearly like, like, back down, back down. Back and again, I, I get, you know, institutional sexism, et cetera, et cetera. Maybe I'm, I'm underestimating that, but it never made sense to me in terms of, I mean, this doesn't make sense that she'd get in this much trouble for this incident when it's clear that she wasn't in the wrong in any way, shape, or form. Uh-huh. Um, it's, anyway. bad, it's bad PR for the FBI. We look bad now on yeah. the news, and that's what matters. They're <laughs> um, finally going to take us down. Meanwhile, under this yeah. tunnel. <laughs> this is a very silence looking scene, actually. <laughs> Go looking at the scenery. Yes. <laughs> this looks a lot like silence right now. <laughs> I bet Ridley says that in the commentary too. We shot this scene because it looked a lot like silence. Isn't that interesting? The little things had the same thing where Denzel drove up to a chain, a locked fence, and then drove forward, popping it open. I remember thinking, would that really work? I guess it would. Yeah, you just get in your car and you drive at it. (laughs) It's the classic cop. They teach you that at the academy. (laughs) Would stop first and then slowly start again, and it just sort of pops open like butter. I guess that makes sense. Yeah. What Gotti Castle do you think? Is, what what other movies do you think this mansion's been in? I'm sure it has been in some. Uh, Oogie Loves. 
Sorry, that's my go-to answer. You know that. <laughs> in fact, he's in Noogie Loves. Mason Verger lives. <laughs> it's a good, like, what? who is it? Um, well, we're talking about this more, too. Mitch but like, McConnell? But yeah, Mitch McConnell. Uh, Greg, Greg Canham does, like, the makeup and the puppet stuff in this movie. Like, mm-hmm. there's, I mean, effects-wise, yeah, the technicals, obviously, are pretty excellent in all this. Like, it's an impressive display of that character, of, of Verger. Uh, like looking at this thing and realizing there's an actor under all of that. So there's a lot of good work going on there. I, I do remember, and I know you mentioned this earlier and you know what? I'll just have you say his name. Verger's pal. Played oh, by Z- Z- Zelko Ivanek. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was a fan of him from homicide where he played a, a periodic reoccurring role there as, as the one of the DAs. And this was by, i you know, he's for me by far his most high-profile film, or high-profile anything project. And then I, you know, it was a couple, a few years after this, he did Damages. Yeah, he won his Emmy, uh, right? Yeah. Wait, did he actually win the Emmy? Yeah, he won an I Emmy. Hope so. He did. Yeah. Good. I was maybe it was a Stanley Tucci murder one situation where you you can't give it to him next year because his character's dead. You blew it this year. <laughs> uh, Stanley Tucci ended up all right. Yeah, he's doing uh, fine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's not doing cookie shows on CNN or something. Stanley to <laughs> and you know, like he pops up in a lot, like in a lot of the same. Like you know, he's a character actor. He very much plays a type. Yeah. Like I'm, I'm rewatching The West Wing. And uh, he's in there now, like occasionally. Is yes. he's like the, he, the he's the rival version of Bradley Whitford's character, basically. He uh, showed up in Live Free or Die Hard, I believe, too. Does he? Yes. Yeah. A random cop. I, yeah, he, the cop, was, I, like, I, I thought he, he might be in on it because, he, yeah, exactly. Yeah, because like he's like, oh. well known enough. Maybe he doesn't need the work. Maybe he does. I'm trying to think of which cop because I know like Clifton uh, Curtis is in there. He's, he's with him. He's with, he's with both, him. Yeah, yeah okay, he's okay. the other one. I mean, he's honestly, got it. The only reason I even know that is because yeah, I like the actor. I'm like, oh, good, he's employed today. Well, he's one of the, he's like Alfred Molina, where he'll just like take whatever rolls off. Yeah. Like, I just like the work. I'll, I'll be yeah. seventh build. I'll be ninth build. Whatever. I like doing it. Yeah. Like, like three billboards, though, he shows up. It's like the. He's like, like Glenn the- Weissman wants me. <laughs> doing it. Uh, you think they're going for anything by I having was, him? I sit- was up for Underworld, but they uh, went with Kate Beckinsale instead. <laughs> you think, you think there's an implication by having him constantly being like essentially crucified as their. You know, doing all this stuff with Lando Elector in this scene, this like these past few scenes, he's just constantly arms outstretched. Yeah, and I think I think it's very intentionally ham-fisted mm-hmm. as a way to sort of almost meta satirize this notion that Hannibal Lecter is an anti-hero and he's you know, and again, you know, I've, I've seen Sons of the Lambs many times to the extent that Hannibal Lecter respects Clarice and/or thinks she's kind of hot. I never, ever took any kind of notion that A, she was into him at all, or B, that he was that infatuated with her beyond just, you know, a fun toy to play with at that moment in time. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think, you know, again, I think the shipping stuff, a lot of that was in the minds of certain moviegoers. Um, 
And again, you know, again, you know, whether it works in the book, whether it works in the movie, whatever, I do think a lot of this stuff was, oh, you idiots wanted to see this movie where, you know, Clarice and Hannibal basically have a relationship and he has to rescue her and, you know, has to save her from the murderous pigs and, yeah, and they fall in love at the end. Well, here you go, dummies. Um, By the way, we're now we're at this pig stuff. 2000, 2001, guys, people are like, we need to see more people get eaten by pigs because you have Snatch and then this movie. And they're like, I guess that's a, that's the thing. That's that's all they're right now. And then in 2013, there's an actual there's an actual thing that happens where gangsters used pigs to eat somebody and it became in the news. And they said it's inspired partially by the <laughs> Pig death. Just, uh, just, it was just the rave back then. At least it didn't go Black Mirror style, make him schlep a big. Mm. Which, again, <laughs> mimicked reality eventually in some way, which is crazy. <laughs> I guess it's a fitting enough way to like end this subplot. It's like, yeah, and then Clarice finds him. <laughs> Just gets him out of it. Don't see yeah. any of the. Don't see any of the of the of what you're saying, Scott. The the sort of venom for the audience. It feels like the story i mean whether or not it's overblown that they were going to have a thing from the last book i mean that's what happens in this one and you know, it doesn't feel like and it doesn't i can't imagine anybody working in that context of i'm gonna just blow this on a, on a on a mean sort of audience joke i mean it feels to me like he's going um, for something he doesn't quite capture in terms of yeah you know, i don't know these two I, I think it's certainly there. a lot more in the book than the movie yeah and I, I yeah. think my my issue with this is that they did try to make a serious movie based on source material that wasn't entirely ab- above board. Well, that's not the right phrase. Right. Um, it wasn't entirely sincere. I guess that, that might work. Um, and again, you know, I've certainly softened on this film over the last 20 years. Frankly, I've softened on quite a few older films just because more and more movies become the kind of movies we don't get anymore. Um, yeah, for sure. Not yes, me. I'm cold on all a... this stuff. I don't care. It was bad then. It's bad <laughs> now. That's what I say. See, I, Objectively, you're correct. Yeah. I don't know. Like, I, oh. I like to, to, I kind of agree with really Scott. Uh, like, I would think Clarice Starley would be above, she'd be able to fight off the system that's, uh, you know, going after her and still know better than Hannibal Lecter. At the I end. agree. And that's like, I, that's where I, uh, I, I really quick. I love this lie where he tells him, just push him in. I'll, you can say it. I did it. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's, fun. that's really yeah. good. <laughs> <laughs> no, Brandon, you're exactly. That's, that's what it is for me. That's really what the root is of this thing. As far as the, the arc of this character. like I get what it wants to do. I don't believe that it sets me up to believe in it. And I find that's, that's a big problem for me. Like if I can't f- find it in with me to see these characters for what they wanted to do with them, mm-hmm. I, I can't connect to it as strong as I'd like to. But so it's also there... trying to change that ending while keeping all the details that led to the original ending. Yeah, it was to have a happy not... medium. Like, and it's, yeah. yes. it's like, that's like what like Dr. Sleep tried to do also, which I think did it better than this movie, frankly. Uh, but it's, you know, it, you want to have these best of both worlds where like, yeah, there's a book and yeah, there's a film and they're both iconic in their own right or what have you. And it's like, how do you find some kind of middle ground? 
that's a difficult thing for any writer to do. And when it comes to, you know, making sequels to some of the greatest movies of all time, I see how a challenge is presented there. And it, you know, comes up to the filmmaker to I figure mean, that out. It's, it's almost an extreme version of like having Michael Myers save Laurie Strode at the end of some Halloween movie. I mean, that's what yes. they try to do for Texas Chainsaw 3D, right, Brandon? <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, which is absolutely a cinematic classic. Do you yeah, think it's cause... comparable. It's, yeah. <laughs> do you think us? Exactly. Um, Remember, he's a doctor. That's this scene. <laughs> <laughs> MD. That's that that kind of doctor. And he yeah. had access to pharmaceuticals. He, he, whether, or not he's, whether or not he's right, Hannibal's delusion is that she is equal above the rest of humanity it's not i can't see it as michael myers saving laurie it's it, it, it you know it's it, it whether he's wrong or not he hannibal clearly for some in some ways the entire speech is redeemed by this clary starling and it's a warped storyline but i still don't think that it's cheap and dishonest I mean, there's too much good in terms of like what these actors are giving to it or what have you to like say it feels cheap and dishonest, but it's fun. Actually, this is fun right here, too. Um, <laughs> really, you getting captured. Uh, that, that trusty chloroform comes in handy again, guys. Um, but I, I don't like, yeah, see, I don't know. It's just in terms of like the book and the material there, like I can see how that works better because your mind can just play with that. But like I'm not seeing it from Hopkins as far as like this is where this was inevitably going to lead a romance and an attempted uh, courting courtship. It's not even necessarily a romance, at least in this. It's, it's just, it's just a. Uh, he has the exact opposite amount of he has the exact amount of respect for her that he lacks in everybody else, and he wouldn't, and he would mutilate himself instead of hurting her. There's something, you know. I mean. You, you call this like a class, a very classy horror film. And I think that almost works at its detriment. It's like, yeah, it is a classy horror film. So it's weird to see like this thing happen where it just doesn't feel like that's the natural progression. Yeah. Well, in the movie, what do you mean? Him feeding her the, the brains or whatever? It, it, yeah, cinematically. Book-wise, sure. You know, go nuts, Thomas Harris. We'll fill in the blanks of our minds. But I think these films, I don't think they give me, I don't think they're taking me on that journey in the way that they want to. They intend to. I think all in all, the movies might be better than the book, but only yeah. the book once. Yeah, I think the movie's better than the book. I mean, it's still, it's still feeding little kid brains on the plane. Thing. It's not totally I get, neuter, neutered. I, he doesn't yeah. eat the brains. I don't disagree. I, I will say this: I, I know the book from like highlights and how it's been described. I haven't read this book like a, like I know the uh, like I know Red Dragon and, and Silence of the Lambs. Uh, actually, I didn't even talk about like I, so I did. I didn't see this in theaters. I saw this eventually on home video. Um, and but I my as I mentioned in the past, my mom is a huge fan of Thomas Harris's books and Hannibal and everything. And she did, uh, you know, she read this book and she she described it as far as what happens because how could you not? Crazy things happen in that book. And, <laughs> and then she saw the movie and she also described in detail what happened in the movie to me because I, I'm like what 14, 15 at the time, and I just for whatever reason just didn't see it that weekend. And uh, it certainly sounded insane. <laughs> it's, it's like, oh, I guess I'll be seeing this eventually. <laughs> and like um, on, on that level of, well, there that went places. Yeah, it delivers at that degree. It's just, you know, there's there's a lot of stuff in between where not all of it for me was that successful. And watching it multiple times as I have over the years, it had like, are there other aspects I appreciate it because of just how I've grown to appreciate film? Yeah, sure. There's good stuff in here, no doubt. We've talked about this for the past two hours almost. Like, but I mean, you know, I'm not picking this up at random to be like, oh, there's a good jaunt for me to pick up right now. Like, I just, you know, it doesn't do much for me in that way. 
he couldn't figure out phones. I mean, <laughs> he got everything else. Got <laughs> <laughs> was he going to order a pizza in case the food didn't come out right? <laughs> Overcooked it. Or maybe it's his overconfidence. I, I, to see what I know. Yeah, do. people aren't perfect or what have you. It's just, you know, <laughs> how far do I take my movie <laughs> logic? <laughs> What's so like? What's the like? What's the end game here? Assuming everything went to Hannibal's plan, is it like we cooked it? It was great, and now we're running off together. Like, is that well in the, well, in the book? Yeah, in the book. In he, the book, I know that's the book. Mister, that... and they they eat it together, and they seriously fornicate, and then they yeah. But he's also in between here. He's brain like he's trying to make her remind like be like a father figure to her, like all this like weird brainwashy stuff and then this happens i get that so i guess like if you're in the theater watching this as a book fan you're in for a treat here right because you're like oh cool we're gonna go down this route and then he subverts it and does something different and that's fun i think because why yeah. be or they get that? angry or they get angry either way uh but i tend to be the guy it's like cool they did something different so it's not entirely the thing i already know right about. right um here he we loves go. her he's disgusted by this guy he wants to give her this revenge you know and i and i guess I don't know. I guess if you're not a book reader and you're watching this, it's just like fun, for lack of a better word, as yeah, far as what's being I presented. Mean, it's obvious that, she, that he's a, a a main offender in terms of being the kind of person Hamill doesn't like, and he's offended her. He's ruined her life. Of course, he's gonna try to share this, yeah. which he thinks she'll like. And I, I, this is to this movie. I mean, this movie has something no, nothing else. Like I can't think of any scenes in movies similar to this damn thing. It's so weird, and it's just an interesting finale that I think gives the film at least lets it go out on a high that you may not have had the previous two hours before it. It's, yeah, yeah. yeah. It, <laughs> this. Yeah, it, it certainly, you know, it's going a direction where you're like, well, that's a way to climax this thing. But yeah, I don't I don't know what that other movie is. That's it. I mean, beyond being revenge and like the general idea of what's happening. Yeah. In terms of how we're going about it, especially in a big studio movie, as opposed to, you know, whatever horror film. Um, yeah, these are, these are some extreme choices. But again, it's the way Scott's filming all of this and the way he's directing his actors that I think is just pretty pitch perfect as far as this kind of thing goes. Well, like Ray Liotta's like in a way like scary here. Like, well, the situation's scary. What's up with him? You like, yeah, yeah. How's he going to act? Like he's out of control. He says it's just looking. It's creepy. You know, you know something's wrong, and it's like, what's that other show well, going to be when it's he drops? humorous? <laughs> it's humorous at times in a creepy way. Like you're like la- like oh, but the character is villainized sufficiently enough that you don't feel too bad for him when he takes his hat off. It's also like it's this is a giant substitute for Chilton too because you never see what happens to Chilton and it's like mm-hmm. okay so here we're going to deliver on what would it be like if Hannibal got his hands on what he would consider like the worst thing we got the yeah. Verger stuff out of the way and that was handled in a different kind of way what happens when he just really gets up close and personal with somebody and this is this is what they deliver and it's like yeah that yeah all right that tracks <laughs> we see the cannibal action which we haven't seen on it right we haven't seen that at all in any of this uh, up until. Yeah. So it's like, well, you're finally giving people the thing that he's called Hannibal the Cannibal. You're actually seeing that in action. Mm-hmm. And you're seeing him do, he's using all of the skills that he has in his possession to do that. Now, with that said, Ray Liotta, 
there is no doubt in my mind that this is entirely why he signed up to be this movie. He's like, what? Ridley Scott oh, God, yeah. and I get to act in the scene with, with Anthony Hopkins and it involves my head being taken off? Sign me the fuck up right now. If you don't sign me, I'm firing, like, I'm hiring a new agent. He's going to sign me up. You know, I, yeah, he's a guest. I will be in this movie where Anthony Hopkins eats my brain. Yeah, like that. that this is an actor's dream. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, obviously he's had a long and storied career, but even if he hadn't, this would be a shot of immortality right here. Right here, he was like, he called Jonathan Demi on this day, and he's like, listen, remember when you put me in something <laughs> and you said I was going to be something? Well, I am something now. Thanks, John. I'm in a sequel to your biggest movie, <laughs> Brady, not by Anthony Hopkins. <laughs> uh, and Starling tried to play like this distress, like, I am, I cannot handle this, but you need to stop. Like, that's a really great, like, that can't be easy yeah. to act, but she's doing it really well. No, it's, it's whatever my misgivings about. Because like, she's you know, crying. Again, like, she has the tears coming trying to do both. It's, ex- it's an excellent performance. Because um, she can't stop this. Nothing, every, like, he is entirely in control here. And visual the, effects hold up quite yeah well. the the effects here like this is crazy too like it's a mix of it's visual effects to like green screen out like the top of his head and it's a really elaborate puppet yeah which i, which I, which I have a picture of because it's awesome <laughs> but, but it's like it, and it really is a puppet yeah and there's so there's so much like i believe like leota doesn't even know some of the scenes that he's not the puppet in like it's it's insane like in the way it's again that's what i talked about earlier as far as the filmmaking goes like it's handled in such a way where you're never not into the mood of this scene like mm-hmm. the, it's handled exactly the way it needs to be handled to make it just gross enough but you're still paying attention and again and that's why i'd look if i saw this with an audience i'd be curious what my walk away would have been initially for this movie because it's it Definitely is feeding him his own brain as the part of the audience really explodes yeah well, it's a, it's a gradual rise, right? First, it's like, yeah. what's going on? Then it's like, he takes off the hat. Then he takes off the scalp. Then he cuts back the scalp cover thing. Then he cooks the brain. Then he gives yeah. him the brain. Like, what a progression that is. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it's, as, as you said, it's, it's, there really is no other movie I can think of, at least on the mainstream level, that has an ending like this. Yeah. And again, my nitpicks notwithstanding, this is certainly not an ending that you expect for a conventional Hollywood serial killer thriller. You know, this isn't all due respect, something like Sons of Lambs where there's a chase in the dark and, you know, the hero kills the villain and saves the day. This ain't that. Well, even like, well, I mean, it's, it's the one where he wins and like, we talked about seven that like, too. Not till yeah. know, and seven's one where he technically wins, but it's also not, it doesn't deliver an action sequence, which is good for seven on that point. But yeah. I mean, it, it has that sort oh, of Hannibal like, won in Silence of the Lambs. He does, yeah, he does. You're not, he right. but, but he's not. But he's not the. But he's not the. He's not the character being chased in that movie, right? His fantasy Clarice would have been like, you know what? You're right. This guy's an asshole. Let's eat his brain. So in that he, way, he doesn't. He doesn't break her in that well, way. So in this. He doesn't. He, he wins the most an antihero can win in this kind of movie. Yeah. Also, you know, they sell the idea that he's. She has maintained the integrity that made her like her, made him like her in the first place. And again, I may, you know, however condescending I might find that alteration with their trying to, you know, maintain her as a quote-unquote wholesome role model, you know, whatever. In a vacuum, it, it's not entirely out of character. 
was this scene, if I'm not mistaken, nominated for like an MTV Movie Award for Best Kiss? Possibly. I'm, I'm very. I'm gonna look that up. I'm very sure though. It's one of the it sounds like it's up their alley. What'd you say, Yancy? Anthony Hopkins, Julian. Yes, Moore. this is where he can, Yeah, he, he goes for it. He, I mean, it's a one-way kiss. I never in my life imagined trapping someone before by putting their ponytail in the fridge, but I never forget that bit. Animal's pretty inventive. It's a. There's a trailer shot right there too. <laughs> I think it gives him just the slightest patina of. There. Yeah, he's in there. Of sympathy that you realize that he can't ever convert this person to his way of thinking and never will. Well, I think he knows. I mean, it's it's again yes. to a certain extent. I think it's more of a game than an actual intimate whatever. This was up for three MTV Movie Awards: Best Movie, Best Villain, and Best Kiss. <laughs> it did not win any of these, by the way. Mitch, Mitch McConnell win? No. Oh. Uh, no. Also, it was up for three Teen Choice Awards, um, Choice Horror Thriller, Choice Sleazebag, Anthony Hopkins, and Choice Movie Your Parents Didn't Want You to See. The Sleazebag is Hopkins? The sleazebag? That's a cool category. I'm it, curious it, what else it, is. It also, it also lost um, all, their, all those categories. I'm trying to, I'm looking for the nominations now, Scott. Believe me, I'm trying to find it. <laughs> I do think they overwent over more with the hair dye on Hopkins there. It's darker than it was mm-hmm. in Times of the Lambs. He's out in the world now. He's, he's probably dying. It, yeah. He's probably cool. Yeah, he's free to die. I like that line reading of "This is really gonna hurt" before he brings down the hammer. <laughs> yeah. that's, that's a good line. I didn't know what was gonna. I mean, that scene was obviously different than the movie, but or different than the book. But like you say, it wasn't obvious what was gonna happen. Before I get I to know, the there's movie. no way to in, the, in modern parlance it isn't offensive, but I have to just say that's a fantastic dress that they put Julianne Moore in. Oh it's yeah, like the most flattering. <laughs> Evening gown. I've ever Be, before I get to who won the parents movie, your parents don't want you to see award. There is the award for best chemistry, um, and there's wedding planner, the Mexican, Pearl Harbor, get over it, dude, where's my car, Bridget Jones's diary, a Knight's Tale, and the winner, of course, Castaway, Tom Hanks, and Wilson the volleyball. Oh, those are the days. Here's we get the uh, the reveal that Julia Moore did not lose her hand in that scene just previously. Did you ever think that he was going to? I like the way they. Did you ever think that it was going to go one way or the other? Uh, yeah, I thought that might be the compromise. Yeah. Yeah, the movie started with fireworks, didn't it? I think it was fireworks <laughs> yes. In the, yeah. I believe so. Yeah. Here, you're right. Uh, the nominees for Film Choice Movie Your Parents Did Not Want You to See in the Teen Choice Awards were Valentine, Tom Katz, The Mexican, Swordfish, Hannibal, Freddy Got Fingered, Bridget Dones' Gyre, and of course the winner... Scary movie too. Which uh, parodied Hannibal. Because <laughs> your parents care about you seeing better movies. Yeah. Uh, our swordfish is on our list of commentaries. I believe as far as the gra- <laughs> our, right. our, our our constant grab bag of well, we don't have anything for this month. Why not this? <laughs> so so the book ends with uh, we catch up with Barney, who's a much bigger player. Yeah, and uh, he's in Buenos Aires, and he sees Clarice and Hannibal, and they're under different names and um they kind of like he sees them recognizes and then they're gone and that's like the end of the book so like buying food somewhere and they're like ha 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 we're yeah it, it's them. him and barney and alfred and bruce wayne and catwoman they're all just sitting right. in the villa and they wave and just <laughs> <laughs> you made it 
Now, is this responsible? <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> well, it's very startling. This I do enjoy. I think it's a to-go Tupperware of Krendler's brain with him. I like that he thought to you know it's like well I gotta I gotta hightail it out of here, but I might as well get that Tupperware of brain. Yep. <laughs> like I cooked it all. <laughs> he packed beforehand. I prepared the meal. I might as well he get beautifully. This it's a beautifully little put together box of food, and it was cooked too. Like it's not you know apparently yeah. he had time to like get the rest of it out and finish the yeah, and finish the cooking you know, and finish the process. Really <laughs> but <laughs> well, I didn't change any minds, but I did my duty and tried to defend this movie. But I won't quite go to the math for, but I do think as much. I think we're overall pretty positive about things. Yeah, I mean, you know, I I still don't, you know, whatever. As I said, I've I've become more forgiving of of older movies just because, unfortunately, and I blame the consumer as much as I blame the studio, yada, yada, yada. Movies like this are even more rare now than they were 20 years ago. And there's a Hannibal series. Comparatively, we go, we go, like start backtracking after this movie yeah. with Ratner's perfection of the Manhunter, the Red Dragon material. Mm-hmm. Ray Fiennes should have been a good tooth fairy. Everybody's well cast in that movie. I'm gonna be upset. I think he's fine in the film. Yeah, the cast is ridiculous. No compared to Tom Noonan, it's like if everybody compared to that other version, it's just I've never seen a remake that is so clearly inferior. <laughs> I, 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 I have seen many remakes that are very clearly inferior. <laughs> <It's Yeah. laughs> There's a big drop from a great film to a really cheap piece of crap. I mean, you're I you're know. acting like remakes don't exist right now when you say things like this. Point Break comes to mind. There's so many terrible remakes. Nightmare on Elm Street comes to mind. Yeah, but when they include it in the Scream Factory box, everyone's going to give it another chance, right, Brandon? I mean, we'll all watch. No, it nobody likes it. it. We'll there. take it. We'll take it in there, but nobody. Li- if they show me the original cut for the film, I'm I'm down. But Wait, which one are we talking about now? Nightmare on Elm Street. Oh, right, right, right. The Elm Street remake, because there's a whole other cut of that film that nobody's seen. There's a movie that actually have a first act. act. It's different. Paris liked it for a minute, but mm-hmm. he couldn't even hold that one together. Yeah. Mm. Hannibal Lecter will return in Red Dragon. I, I'm looking. I'm looking for the, um, the, the hats by for Hopkins and suits by for Mr. Hopkins. Scarf, scarf Mr. Hopkins, scarves carried by. I'm waiting for those uh, things to come up here. Um, what else? I saw what? Anthony Hopkins leaving uh, a restaurant in Santa Monica not too long ago. I heard him say the words, "It was a good lunch." Big, big guy, bigger than I thought he he would be. A statuesque. Yeah. Remember when he dated Martha Stewart for a little while? Didn't we all? They were, they were an item for a little while. Anthony Hopkins and Martha Stewart. Can imagine Hot. That. Alexander Wood, second unit. Yeah, makes sense. Lots of Italian. Did you think, was there any hint that they were going to do this? Uh, like another one after this? After this one? Yeah. Uh, after opening weekend, yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, it wasn't like they were chattering about Red Dragon while they were promoting Hannibal, if that's what you're asking. Because it comes pretty quickly. Uh, what, what's Hannibal, 2003? Yeah. Oh, no, it was a very quick, because again, the film scored the you know an R-rated two-hour, ten-minute gothic horror film for adults, snagged the third biggest opening weekend of all time. Um, it was a little more front-loaded, but still did 165 domestic around 353 worldwide on an $80 million budget. 
And yeah, you know, once once this thing held pay dirt, it was crazy not to try and do Red Dragon. Um, or just I mean, no, or, up, or, until until this one came out, it wasn't like this was going to be the start of a new trilogy or anything. That wasn't how things were done back then. And I, I mean, it's, it's like in Thomas Harris. I mean, it's not like he has. I mean, what would another book be? <laughs> now it's him writing Hannibal and in Starling on their adventures. <laughs> like, what's what's that book about? Yeah. Especially because yeah, you, you make that you, you already have this book and you have this. Oh, Will Graham comes back and he saves her from this brainwashing. That's the next book. God. Thomas Harris and is I very old now. I bet we'll never get another book from him. Yeah, he's, he's very, yeah. Well, that's a normal guy who just completely pressure. He's never been interviewed. Well, there you have it, guys. That's that's been our, our Hannibal for Hannibal. We've, we've talked about the whole movie. It's over now. We've done it. Uh, and we, we have two more to do. But uh, as we wrap up this commentary, where the can good people, ones? Where can people find more of you guys' work online? Brandon Peters, uh, Brandon Peters Show, BrandonPetersShow dot com. Available anywhere podcasts are found. I also have a YouTube channel, and you can find me on the socials at Brandon4KUHD. And if you like my writing, it's on YSOBlue.com. Nancy, anything you'd like to plug? Milky <laughs> Way Blues still exists. And uh, check me out on Facebook, Yancey Burns, or Twitter, Yancey Jack. Watch this space. Scott Mendelson? Forbes.com. Uh, the ticket booth, some Google variation of that. I'm on Twitter at, at Scott Mendelson. And... It hasn't changed in eight years. <laughs> uh, you can find everything I do at my personal blog, thecozik.com. I'm on Twitter, Darren's PS4. Everything you, uh, I have all kinds of things all over the place. Uh, this podcast you can find on iTunes, not even Spotify and Stitcher. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And yeah, as we, we've mentioned many times, we'll be back next month talking Red Dragon. And uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, thank you, Brandon, Yancey, and Scott for joining me for this commentary. Mm-hmm. Thank Always you. a pleasure. And yeah, that's going to do it for this month's track. So until next time, so long and goodbye.